Blog Talk Radio. During the pandemic, my lifestyle drastically changed. My income came to a screeching halt. You have to understand, I'm a hustler. I'm a legit entrepreneur. I sell things. I come in contact with people all the time. I have to stay safe. I didn't have a choice but to trust the vaccine. And if you live the type of lifestyle that I live, you out here in these streets and you hustling, an entrepreneur like me, why not do it safely? So I want everybody to take this seriously. Take a shot at staying healthy. Get the vaccine. Global government, the mystery school, Agenda 2030, chemtrails and geoengineering, manufactured disasters. We live in a time when awareness about current events and big media deception is critical to be prepared for the events that are rapidly descending upon us. This is Russ from Delivering the Truth and Exposing the Lies. Join Diana and me every Thursday night at 7.30 p.m. as we expose the truth big media keeps lying about. Herbal medicine, the globalist real agenda, seen through the propaganda. Thursday nights at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll see you there. Do you love the outdoors? Do you want to help make a difference for the planet? Then get involved in Collectively Rewilding. Collectively Rewilding is a movement to restore degraded ecosystems and reinvigorate sustainable traditions almost lost by working together. It's based on the idea that we can achieve more by working together than we can by working alone. Sharing the skill sets we have built over the years with each other and providing the community support we all need when there is so much work to be done in finding a sustainable future. To join our community here in Collectively Rewilding, go to www.collectivelyrewilding.com. Let's bring nature back into our lives in a community built for the wild in all of us. Please check out the Barefoot is Legal radio show right here on Saturdays, 1.30 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Time, that is 10.30 a.m. to noon Pacific Time, as we show you all about your barefoot rights and living a barefoot lifestyle. And for more information about the 501c3 nonprofit Barefoot is Legal, please check out barefootislegal.org. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever and whenever you're tuning in from, my fellow Liberty lovers. This is Amber S. from Living with Freedom Ministries, reminding you to tune in on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific Time, for the Living with Freedom show, where we'll embrace what living with freedom can look like physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and in everyday life. That's 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific, here on Freedomizer Radio. you should do? I think you should join us for Dynamic Word Bible Studies, where I am always hosting. My name is Felicia DeRozier, and I have two amazing co-hosts. Cross, the favorite. You wish. This is Mariah, the real favorite child. Oh, sure. <laughs> hmm We spend a lot of time learning about the Bible and possibly a little time learning about humility. That would be awesome, right? Yeah, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan. <laughs> we air live every Wednesday from 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time to 10.30. Uh, right now we're going through the Book of Romans, but we're going to start moving into the Gospel of John. We're going to learn about Jesus. We're going to learn about living and walking in the Spirit and learning to be a little humble with those that we live with. It's going to be a great time. I can't wait for you to join us. Right, guys? <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Hello to all you filth bags and something duckers that are looking for employment. We're hiring 87,000 new IRS agents. Are you able to knock on doors and demand to see people's tax returns? We need people who are willing to handle firearms. You need to be the government's new army. Your job will consist of number not grades of people who work as waitresses and did not report all their cash tips. Or maybe they had a yard sale and did not report income. You might need to shoot someone dead who is refusing to cooperate. Or you may have to deal with some childrens. That part is for me. You might need to enforce your will on people by any means necessary to force those 99% dolts and nincompoops to give over all their property to the 1%. If they say they voted for Trump, you kick them in the kumquats. Look, almost 75 million Americans voted for Trump. Another 12 million voted for other candidates. There is another 40 million that voted for Brandon and said something mean about him on Spybook. We need to teach those political enemies that we mean business as we turn America into a third world hellhole for all. If you vote Democrat we will be coming for you eventually. But for now we are starting our training and first order of work with bringing those right and center wing extremists to those FEMA camps that they do not exist. So he wants to work for the IRS. Just go to their website and then we will put you in basic training. Once you prove to us you can handle a firearm and threaten Trump supporters hardcore enough. We will place you on those mean streets and help us confiscate property on all those fuss budgets that did not compete to perfect our free annual taxation form. Good luck to all you applicants. And good luck all you adults and something duckers who will let us get away with it. Hello Freedomizers. I am Broccoli Man. When I am not fighting crime, I listen to the Proof Negative radio show. I am the Wire Ripper. Not only do I forbid you to listen to Freedomizer Radio and the Proof Negative radio show, I am going to demand you wear a mask and get your naked body scan. We need to protect one world government. You getting the real information hurts a crime syndicate. Do not listen to Proof Negative. You must now disrobe this instant so I can check your person for a constitutional cash money. Anyway, listen to Proof Negative on Freedomizer Radio. Weeknights 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern. 6 to 9 p.m. Pacific Time. Freedomizerradio.com Now, let's get back to the Proof Negative show here on Freedomizerradio.com. Welcome to the Proof Negative Radio Show, right here on FreedomizerRadio.com. Now sit back and enjoy the show.
Welcome back to another great night here on Freedomizer Radio. Of course, I'm your host, Proof Negative, the big kahuna here on Freedomizer Radio. I want to thank everybody so much for finding us today. Today is Tuesday, so that means we'll have Adrian joining us here as usual on a Tuesday. And if you out there in Radio Land have anything you want to share tonight, we can take your calls. The number here is 319 6208 and just press lucky number one on your phone and I will make it a point to bring you into tonight's conversation. All right, so let's go ahead and bring in Adrian. Hey Proof, how are you doing? Uh well I, I was doing okay up until this morning when I heard that our favorite guy dropped out. I'm, yeah, I'm, I I've been sad all day. Last night. Yeah. So I don't. I didn't mean to get into it right away with that, but if you have anything uh, fun before so, we get into know. it, that's fine. Um, I heard that he. I heard last night that he dropped, um, and then I looked it up and just out, and that Chris Christie dropped out the tent. Oh, I thought he dropped out. Yeah, on the 10th, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, Chris Christie dropped out on the 10th. That was so funny about his uh, his niece on the plane being strapped to a wheelchair. So I do have to ask, then, if we're going to go into it right away, I know you probably don't have any more information than anyone else, but do you think that there was some deal made behind the scenes or do you feel like he just didn't think he had a chance to win? But I heard him yesterday on the Alex Jones show and he said he was committed to stay in the race no matter what. So I'm just surprised that on the very first election or uh, the very first primary, he's out. Maybe it was a fundraising type of deal. Um, I know that that was what, happened with a lot of people I'm pretty sure like Tim Scott mm-hmm. um, one of those yeah because I had talked to somebody that was working on one of the presidential campaigns and then they started cutting people because they uh, were running out of money so I think that a lot of people were waiting for more checks and then I'm not sure what happened with Vivek Well, he got, what, 8% or something like that. I mean, it wasn't bad, but it was only one 
one state, and he didn't embarrass himself, I don't think. No, he speaks very well. Uh, he's very uh, diplomatic and elegant when he talks and sounds very educated. Um, I don't know. It was interesting watching Chris Christie. He basically just talked about himself a lot and talked about Donald Trump and, you know. And then on that, on that hot Donald mic, Trump. he talked about how everyone's going to get smoked with, with Trump. That's hilarious, especially Nikki Haley. But then, then the next day, he decided that him and Mike Pence have turned into Democrats, which is a total shocker, right? Uh, no, definitely not a shocker. <laughs> uh, I know some people were saying that they, you know, Nikki Haley was, you know, she got endorsed by Americans for Prosperity, and a lot of people were a little. Some people weren't surprised at that, and some people weren't surprised at that. I'm not really like surprised and not not in a bad way, not surprised, just that I mean, they had to endorse somebody, so it seems like they weren't they just weren't gonna go for Trump, but a lot of people were saying stuff about AFP uh endorsing Nikki Haley. I think it's funny that more people that endorsed her were the we're the Democrats that are – she's asking Democrats to vote for her and then switch her vote back the next day. So what good is that going to do? Oh, she's asking Democrats to switch to Republican and vote well, for yeah. her? Yeah, she, she, she even said a lot of her donation uh, for fundraising is Democrats that hate Trump. How are you going to win an election on that? You know, what's the update on that case for Donald Trump? Which one? There's many. <laughs> um, whatever happened in Georgia is what I was thinking about. Oh, well, we got we got a clip in a little bit on that. I literally just got done uploading it, so it's going to take a minute to to uh represent itself here, but There uh yeah, there's some issues coming on about that case. So uh, I, I don't think it's a slam dunk that that Fannie Willis is going to win that and Trump will lose. But it, it was probably already decided, just like New York State, and then he'll have to appeal it, then he'll win on the appeal. It's all about bleeding him financially so that he has less money to work with when it comes for the campaign. So there's a meeting this week in Davos, Switzerland. They're discussing the uh, World Economic Forum, their annual meeting. So they're they're discussing what they have planned for this year. It's being held in Switzerland? Right. That's where it's held every year. So... They're, they're discussing, uh, and Noel Harari, one of the uh, one of the brain powers of the World Economic Forum, he's highly regarded there. He believes that if Trump wins, that the the New World Order is uh, is going to be screwed. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not convinced. I just think that Donald Trump is an actor. 
Mm. As much as I would like yeah, I to just... think so, uh, I, I, I'm not. I'm not going there because it, it, it just hasn't been this bad. Yeah, and, I just can't get past If they're willing the, uh... to uh, to throw this many elections at him, if there's legitimate talk about assassinating him so he doesn't make the ballot, uh, I don't think an actor is willing to die like that. An actor, I mean, you would say, would be like George Bush from 20 years ago when they just talked crap about him, and then he went away, and then now he's now he's a celebrity. I just can't get over the Operation Warp Speed, and then the banning the bump stocks, and then trying to ban silencers, and then the whole, you know, I mean, just talk about what you just mentioned. That was like predicted in the Simpsons episode before he even won as president, so I just think that a lot right, of Right, but the thing is, are, 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 who are we going to take? Are we going to take Brandon because because Trump didn't uh, didn't allow bump stocks? Are we willing to give up our country because of of that? I, I'm not saying I'm not saying that it's that that you're incorrect. I, I'm just saying that there, there's a lot bigger pieces in play here. We we could discuss other stuff later. Yeah, I'm definitely not pro Joe Biden at all. I don't even know if I'll be voting. Um, but I don't I don't really trust a lot of these people. Uh, that's you know I think uh, you know I'm just wary of controlled opposition. See, I, I've been told I'm controlled opposition, and and it's just me doing a radio show for. Uh, it'll be 16 years in March. Um, uh, oh, they're I'm like not, categorizing uh, you as Alex Jones. I've heard it. I've had people call tell me that I'm part of Mossad. I've had people make news articles about me, and and I could find some, and you could talk to some of our former hosts that uh, they they believe that I make sixty thousand dollars a month doing this radio show. Wow, back, yeah. You uh, back, I, I want to say 12, 13 years ago, my ex-wife actually saw one of these articles and took me to child support court trying to get $9,000 a month from me because she That's saw wrong. one of those articles. And so here I am trying to prove that I still have a day job, by the way, where I was making like $16 an hour. So why would I have a day job? If uh, if I'm making seven hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year doing radio with no no sponsors, so I take that stuff with a grain of salt because I know that they, they they've said that about me before, and you you don't know us what? from a hole in the ground really, but we were we were much larger ten years ago than we are now. That that that's no secret. Yeah, nobody really said that they think that, like, you know, nobody really that I know is, like, been like, oh, yeah, like, they th- they just come out and say, like, oh, I think Donald Trump is, like, controlled opposition, but, like, I definitely talk about it, like, here and there, because I've said it for, like, quite a few years now, but I just, I don't trust them. Well, I'll be honest, I really, uh, I, if, uh, I don't know if the reason, and I'm just speculating here, and I don't know the answer. But I wonder if Vivek was easy to drop out because 
he called a, a truce with Trump, and maybe he's on the short list to be a vice president. I don't know. I'm interested in seeing uh, what goes on from here. So we've got, so we've got Trump, Nikki Haley, Biden, and then is Kennedy still in? As an independent, yeah. Yeah, I think I saw where he's trying to get on the ballot over in one of the North Car- like over in one of the Carolinas. He's, I think it was North Carolina. He was trying to get on the ballot there. Something like that. So I, I would be wholeheartedly invested into Trump Ramaswamy ticket. And that would make sense because because if if they think that they they could just get rid of Trump and have somebody like Nikki Haley who everybody is saying everybody is off the Trump bandwagon if Nikki Haley's the vice president. There's a big there's a big plan that if Trump picks Nikki Haley or some other globalist that everybody's going to move over to Kennedy. And Trump knows it. He even came out today and said that Nikki Haley has no chance in the world of being a vice president. So he knows. But if uh, if something was to happen to Trump, I, I do think that Vivek understands the situation a lot more than almost anyone else. So they, they might have a bigger loudmouth or at least an, maybe an inexperienced loudmouth that, that that uh, is just as loud, but doesn't have a name yet. I, I, I think that's where Vivek comes in. And I'm I'm curious if uh, if he is on the short list. I mean, he speaks very well. I don't know. I just see like a lot of these people try to run, and I don't know. They just they just. Like the way they talk, it's just like I just think he talks very differently from a lot of them. Um, you know, most of them are kind of just like me, 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 me. And right. you have to you have to talk about yourself, obviously, a little bit. But you know, it's just that the way that he talked and uh, carried himself like differently than Chris Christie or. Right. See, the only ones that, yeah, that can those, say mm-hmm. me and I in uh, in campaigns like that are the people that have been there. So you have Brandon, who, if he had a good record, he could say, look what I've done. I've done this. I've done this. I've done that. And then you have Trump that could run on that as well. Other than that, nobody has been able to, uh, if you're not a former or a current president, you, you really can't run on your track record. I just think that there's some negotiating behind the scenes. And I can't confirm that. It just feels like it. Yeah, it wouldn't be surprising. Because I've heard people say Vivek is controlled opposition. 
Yeah, I don't think I saw it about him, but I did see it about uh, Dr. Shiva. Well, the thing is, is that there was a, in a, a speaking event that, strangely enough, Vivek and Pete Buttigieg were, were called on just a few minutes after each other when they were in their 20s, to, uh, and they asked Bill Clinton a question. I don't know if it was Bill Clinton. It was somebody. Al Gore, there was whoever was there, like 20, 20, whatever. I don't think Buttigieg and uh, Buttigieg and, and Ramaswamy were probably not even 21, but they both were there. Yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't heard anything about any, like, deals or negotiations about that, but I just heard that he dropped out last night. Right. Oh, I don't expect you to know. I don't even know. I, I don't have a team that, that knows anything. I, I just, just from experience with being invested in a radio station and conspiracy theories and such for many years, to me, it just has that gut feeling. That's all I have. Yeah, I mean, that was a little suspect of Vivek for uh, his biotech background. Well, I've heard him talk about on Alex Jones and Glenn Beck, and he said that he he's a thousand percent against COVIDs and the gene therapies and, and very against mandatory stuff. Uh I think he said he took the first gene therapy. His wife is is heavily invested in that. He only took the first one, and then he decided he was against it. But he he did say, though, that uh, his background is developing children's medicines, which he said has zero to do with with the, the big pharma. So... You could take what you will out of that, but he uh, yeah. he sounds like he's against Pfizer and Moderna and such. Well, that's good to know. I didn't know that about the children thing. I just knew it was something in regards to biotech uh, investment or involvement. Right. I looked at that. Just because somebody's in the medical field, I can't automatically say no. So I had to look him up and uh, and see what it is that he was invested in. Yeah, I think that it would be cool if we could get Dr. Shiva to run again. Yeah, where did he run? New Jersey? I think it was Massachusetts, I think. I know it was somewhere in the Northeast. I don't remember exactly where. Yeah, I think it was Massachusetts. Let me see here. Uh, Go ahead. Well, if you had something, go ahead. Otherwise, I was going to play the uh, the Fannie Willis thing because you did ask about it. I didn't lose you again, did I? No, no, I'm just waiting. Oh, did you want me to play it, or did you have something else you want to go over real quick? 
Oh no, that's that's all I have for what we were talking about. Oh okay. Yeah, you, you scared me because last week uh, or the week I forget one of those weeks where we didn't hear each other, and then uh, I, oh, I, I yeah, well, it was I last actually, week I disconnected my phone and the switchboard wouldn't take my number out. Yeah, I thought that honestly, that's why that's why I like I was waiting to see if you were gonna say more because I didn't know if we got disconnected. Yeah, I don't want to lose the show again because of that. So let me play Fanny Willis and we'll figure it out after. Okay. Hey guys, welcome to the Liberal Hive Mind. So finally, we hear Fanny Willis speak. Now, I have to give Fanny Willis at least a little bit of credit. She's not like Letitia James, or not as bad as Letitia James, constantly attempting to put herself in the limelight, soaking up all the glory from the Trump derangement Twitter crowd. So we honestly don't get to see her too much, or don't get to see too much of her. But of course, considering everything going on, considering the accusations, considering the possible legal implication, the misuse and misappropriation of taxpayer funds, the multiple elements of clear conflict of interest, Fanny Willis, of course, has to either deny, justify, or explain why what she did was either right or possibly justified. But of course, there's only one problem. She's one of those woke Democrats. And so, of course, let's go through the checklist. There's really only a couple options here in terms of her response. Ding, 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 you probably guessed it. I'm a mind reader, I know, it's amazing. She played the victim slash race card, of course, of course. But also at the same time, in a way, kind of indirectly admitting guilt? Of course, she didn't admit to it outright. She is a lawyer, after all. But, you know, she pretty much all but explicitly said it. Let me show you guys exactly what I mean by that as Fanny Willis responds to the pressure she's currently facing. We've got some stuff to get into, so let's roll the tape. All right, folks, so literally probably the most unsurprising thing of the week, here's Fanny Willis delivering a speech, I think, on Sunday morning last weekend. All the glory I receive is his grace, not a perfect need. We are at a time in history, people, hear me on this. We are at a time in history when you can no longer sit back and just let other folks do it. You cannot expect black women to be perfect and save the world. The Lord is completing us. We are not perfect. We need your prayers. We need to be allowed to stumble. We need grace. With that kind of support, we will move mountains and do Jesus' will. Stumbling all the way. So his flawed, hard-headed, and imperfect child has a message for each of you today. Please find a way to do your extraordinary, God-given assignment and make this community and the world a better place for all of his people. See, it is never about who you are. It is always about the great I am and who he is. See, we are all flawed, sinners, unworthy, imperfect, damaged, but we are qualified upon his cause. If you simply commit yourself to being obedient and steadfast in your efforts and his work. If you commit yourself, God will turn your hard-headed self into the extraordinary for his kingdom. 
And now, of course, this can be interpreted as her just generically speaking about black women, you know, the kind of thing that you see in this church setting in general. But of course, that isn't the case at all, I'll tell you, because there's more context here. What I played for you there was a small little snippet, a small clip, but she spoke for nearly an hour, and at one point accused a Trump co-defendant of, quote, playing the race card. Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis attacked the bombshell allegations made about her hiring of a special prosecutor and accused her critics of, quote, playing the race card. Former President Donald Donald Trump and others have demanded that D.A. Willis be removed from the 34-count felony election crimes case on the basis of allegations made without evidence in a court filing by one of Trump's co-defendants. Former Trump campaign official Michael Roman's attorney Ashley Merchant filed a motion alleging that D.A. Willis had an improper relationship with special prosecutor Nathan Wade, whom she'd hired as part of the Trump election's crime team. The filing promised but did not contain evidence of the accusation. Of course, we covered all of that. D.A. Willis then spoke at Big Bethel AME Church on Sunday for nearly an hour and addressed criticism of Wade's hiring as she read her letter to God aloud for the congregation. Willis singled out Fulton County Commissioner Bridget Thorne, in addition to others who criticized the hiring, accusing them of, quote, playing the race card and unfairly challenging her decisions and qualifications because she's a black woman. Here's what she had to say. Why does Commissioner Thorne and so many others question my decision in a special counsel? Lord, your flawed, hard-headed, and imperfect child, I'm a little confused. I appointed three special counselors, is my right to do, paid them all the same hourly rate. They only attacked one. I hired one white woman, a good personal friend and great lawyer, a superstar, I tell you. I hired one white man, brilliant, my friend, and a great lawyer. And I hired one black man, another superstar, a great friend and a great boy. Oh Lord, they gonna be mad when I call them out on this nonsense. First thing they say, oh she gonna play the race card now. But no God, isn't it them who playing the race card when they only question one? Isn't it them playing the race card when they constantly think I need someone from some other jurisdiction in some other state to tell me how to do a job I've been doing almost 30 years. God, why don't they look at themselves and just be honest? I mean, can't they keep it a hundred with themselves? Why are they so surprised that a diverse team that I assembled, your child, can accomplish extraordinary things? God, wasn't it them that attacked this lawyer of impeccable credentials? And so all the copium left-wing arguments completely fall apart. They claim that Republicans are misrepresenting the context, but actually the context of her speech was quite clear. When she was referring to, quote, black women can't be perfect, it was after she had spent a significant portion of her speech addressing the accusations and claiming that anybody who had any issue with either her qualifications or the hiring of Nathan Wade was simply playing the race card, as she literally plays the race card to avoid accountability. It's always the exact same thing now, isn't it? Anytime a Democrat is accused of something facing any type of controversy, ah, woe is me, I'm a victim, I'm receiving threats online. The only reason this is happening is because I'm a woman. The only reason
reason this is happening is because of the color of my skin or immutable characteristic X, Y, and Z, or because of my orientation or identity. How are we ever supposed to have conversations about accountability when it comes to any Democrat of any protected identity group, when every single time said identity group is used as a shield from any criticism? I mean, what an absurd claim. What an absurd notion. And what's really funny, Fannie Willis is pretending as if she's facing attacks that are based purely on the color of her skin and her gender, when the obvious reality is that there's concerns that Fannie Willis potentially broke the law and acted inappropriately. The accusation that she's facing is that she hired her lover boy, her boyfriend, who wasn't qualified for the position to be special prosecutor in this case, and I'm not saying that because of the color of his skin, no, the actual experience that he has as a lawyer. He doesn't exactly have the resume of somebody that you'd expect in the position of special prosecutor. It was already a red flag when she chose Nathan Wade, but then it came out that they were supposedly dating. Nathan Wade, her lover boy, received nearly $700,000 to do the job over the last year or so, and supposedly, according to the allegation, or rather, I guess at this point, it's probably better to describe it as a rumor, according to the rumors, they then, as a couple, essentially took that money and went on Caribbean cruises and other romantic trips in places like Florida and other locations. Literally nobody, nobody that I know at least, nobody serious who's covering this stuff, has ever even once mentioned the fact that Fannie Willis is a black woman. I think that might be literally the first time I've ever mentioned it. I've criticized Letitia James as well, and all I ever do is focus on the actions, focus on the words, the merit of these cases, the law. But apparently the only reason that Fannie Willis is facing pressure here to recuse herself from this case is because she's a black woman. I mean, it's completely absurd. It's patently absurd. It's absurd on its face. We can't ever have a conversation about merit. We can't ever have a conversation about accountability with leftists because they're always playing these ridiculous little games. And really the only race card that's being played is the one being dished out by Fannie Willis herself because essentially what she's saying here is that black women shouldn't have to face the consequences of their actions because we can't expect them to be perfect. I guess she's just off the hook for meeting with Kamala Harris, sending her little alleged boyfriend to Washington, D.C. to build the White House, only to come back accept $700,000 in this politically motivated election interference con job, only to then take that money, enrich themselves, go on their little romantic luxury vacations, all to be forgiven because my racism. Absolutely freaking idiotic. Anyways, not much else that needs to be said. I think it's all pretty self-explanatory. Hopefully you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to leave a like and possibly subscribe to the channel. Thanks for watching, and I'll see you on the next one. Last night, President 45, soon to be at President 47, won the Iowa caucus. And as you can imagine, this has sent a ripple effect of insane meltdowns happening throughout the entire establishment, especially in industries like Hollywood. So we're going to be getting into some of that today, taking a look at some of those reactions, because some of these things that some of these celebrities are saying is absolutely insane. But it shows you just how panicked they are, just how freaked out they are at the idea of Trump being president once again. So let's go ahead and check some of these out. Of course, we have this clip here from Rachel Maddow, who was having her own tantrum fit. If we are worried about the rise of authoritarianism in this country, we are worried about potential rise of fascism in this country. If we're worried about our democracy falling to an authoritarian and potentially fascist form of government, the leader who is trying to do that is part of that equation. Mm-hmm. But people wanting that Correct. is a much mm-hmm. bigger part mm-hmm. of that That's equation. Right. And this shows you right here how much these people hate you. And, uh, of course, as you can imagine, she just completely ripped into the American people. But the thing is, I thought these people were democratic people. I thought these people were all about democracy. Well, if that's the case, then this is just how democracy works.
People get to vote for who they want to vote for, and you should be willing to accept that if you are truly a Democrat, as you claim to be. Joy Reid blames white Christians for Trump domination in Iowa. But, you know, I feel like the important sort of data point, and, and you know, Steve talks about it a lot. He's, he's going to probably talk about it a little more tonight, is that these, these are white Christians. That this is a state that is overrepresented by white Christians that are going to participate in these caucuses, especially tonight. Um, I, today, earlier today, reached out to Robert Jones, Robbie Jones. So apparently white Christians are the problem. And uh, as you can imagine, The View also were having their own complete tantrums as well. Honestly, it's... it's disappointing as a non-Trump supporter. To and an Iowan. And an Iowan. Well, let me offer some color to this, though, to clarify this. It's disappointing <laughs> to see that come out of Iowa. But let me add a little perspective and, and context that's very important. People out there, I think, need to, un- to understand that it's not just him. It's the Republican Party right now. It is in some kind of crazy phase where all they want to do is stick it to the Democrats and hope that, for example, this is what I wanted to say here. So Joy Behar is saying that Republicans are in a crazy phase right now, everyone. How dare Republicans start to stand up for themselves? And I, I don't even like using the term Republican because I think that there's just Americans who are starting to wake up and starting to stand up for the truth, stand up for freedom, stand up for the things that truly matter, American values and all that type of stuff, and Democrats absolutely despise it, especially the elite. So, celebrities speak out after Donald Trump wins Iowa caucus. So let's take a look at some of these reactions coming from Hollywood celebrities. Several celebrities have shared their thoughts on social media after Donald Trump cruised to victory in the Iowa caucuses on Monday night. Of course, Bette Midler, being the unhinged person that she is, tweeted this out. In your guts, you know he's nuts. So, yeah. These these people don't know how to meme. They just don't, okay? Like, is this supposed to be funny? Is this supposed to be clever? Whatever they're trying to go with this, it's just, it's just not that thing, okay? So, this person on Twitter decided to say, Imagine being from Iowa like me and living amongst a bunch of mega dumbasses making asses of themselves being interviewed on a local news channel supporting dumbass Trump. I am in the twilight zone. Can I get some sympathy? And Mark Hamill uh, responded with a broken heart. Ultimately, Hollywood celebrities are absolutely panicking because they know what is coming and they know that they can't stop it. They cannot stop the Trump train no matter how much they try. Now, of course, being, maybe this is just me being a cynical person, I still have a hard time trusting and believing in what is going to happen at the end of the year with the election and everything else. I still have a lot of reservations about the the system in a lot of ways, if you know what I mean. And so it makes me wonder who is actually going to end up being president. I still have a lot of questions about that when it comes to Democrat versus Republican, especially if Trump is on the ballot. I just think that the Democrats and the leftists and the system in general are going to try to do everything they can, everything they possibly can to try to stop Trump. Now, whether that happens or not, we'll have to see. But let me know what you think about all this in the comments below. Leave a like, subscribe, and I'll talk to you all in another video very soon. Okay, well, I just wanted to get both of those out. Yeah, I don't know.
leaders and these uh, movements, these like pro-black movements, but there's there's nothing wrong with being pro-black, but a lot of them are extremely hypocritical. Well, like, the thing is, is they, they, they they've, thing, they've, the gotten they, so used, they've gotten so used to it over the years, like, oh, you, uh, there was one I even posted last week on my spy book page. She said that you're a right-wing extremist if, uh, if you feel that that there's only yeah. two genders, men and women. You're a white ring extremist because you're not wearing a scam on your face. And then she's like, I feel threatened because I'm risking my life to come in here because you're white, you might kill me. Just some of the dumbest stuff. But that, that that's how they get out of arguments. They they don't have to argue. All they have to do is call you racist, and then th- that's the end of the argument. They they win. Everything is racist now, and um... people are tired of it. Though, even even most reasonable black people and and his Hispanics, they they're they're tired of this. They don't want every single conversation in the world to to rely on race. Nobody thinks like that unless you're a race baiter. I don't know a real person that actually goes around all day uh, thinking, well, you're white because you think like that and I'm black and I'm better than you because I think this way. Nobody, nobody says that in the real world. Everybody's just trying to make it another day and another week. And getting along with each other. No, nobody puts their their skin color on a pedestal and, and thinks that they're better than somebody because uh, of the the, the 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 skin pigmentation. That's just a dumb well, argument. The, the way that uh, black leaders talk about you know other black people, it's like almost like just this like white privilege thing. It's like teaching black people to victimize themselves and right, like so, it's like they put lack and limitation on the groups themselves that they're trying to allegedly lift up well let me know did you do you know who uh you know who dr ben parson is right yes so Mainstream media is very pissed that Dr. Ben Carson is one of Trump's closest friends. And uh, and they've gone on to say how stupid of a person Dr. Ben Carson is. He had a movie, a documentary that somebody made about him. He, He broke up conjoined twins in the womb. Nobody's ever done that before. He's considered the, the best neurosurgeon ever in the entire world. He did things that nobody thought would be humanly possible. And they're calling him a dummy because he votes Republican. Yeah, those like on the radical left side of it, they'll call, you know, black Republicans, Uncle Yeah, George Floyd is a hero, but Dr. Ben Carson's a traitor and a dummy. The argument's old and people are tired of it. And that's another reason why people are, are, they've hit the race card one too many times. And there's times where you could play the race card and I get that. 
but you can't play it every single day on every single thing. Just like Joy Reid and Rachel Maddow and others and The View are saying the only reason why Trump won Iowa is because Iowans are a bunch of racists and Christians. Is he out touring the state? I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. Is he uh, is he out touring the state? Who, Trump? Yeah. Uh, well, he's in New Hampshire today. I don't know where he is the next time. Yeah, cause of course, like Brandon is nowhere. Yeah, he might not know what day it is right now. Mm. What year it is. Everybody seems to believe they're going to replace him at the Democratic National Convention, which is why he's not doing any campaign stops. Yeah, um, I haven't really seen anything about his campaign at all. No. Well, he has nothing to run on except hate. And uh, and when you're running a campaign on how much freedom you're going to take away, it's not really a winning strategy. When you talk about banning stuff, and that's the best you could do, it it... it the American public is not interested in that. The American public wants to know that they can, that their children can do better than them. Everybody's going to die uh, because we need to give the globalists all of our belongings. Nobody wants to hear everybody needs to die because, because uh, we're going broke. And, uh, and we need to have a world war so that we can reset our currency. Nobody wants that. Nobody gives an F about any, any globalist, I promise. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people, I mean, I think they know, they know something's wrong, but I don't think a lot of them understand the severity of well, no, the, the average person right thinks now? that Brandon runs things. They might think that Barry Saturo and his husband, Michael Robinson Obama, who I'm sure is a nice lady, that they might have something to do with it, but they believe that Brandon makes all these decisions on his own. Yeah, I mean, don't, like, you know, none of them really actually make sole decisions all the time on their own, you know. They have their cabinet of advisors. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just saying that that's what the average person thinks. They, they, they don't understand the way that it works. They just see they, just see they don't have money in their pocket, and, they, and they're looking for somebody to blame. And they think just by, just by voting for Trump that things are going to magically change. It's 
Yeah, you need to think that way because the average person doesn't want to put a lot of thought into it. They just they just want to check a lever and have their bank accounts fulfilled, and that's it. Yeah. Um, it's going to take a lot of people getting involved, involved in the public policy process for things to change. Right, and that's that's too much for people. I've been told by many people over over a few decades that I put too much time thinking about politics. I should just pick a side, preferably Democrat, but I should just pick a side and uh, and just pick them, and that's it. When it comes to issues, they don't want to know about issues. They just want to know the political party. I'm not even a Republican. Yeah, I'm not a Republican either. I just refer to myself as a humanitarian. I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. No, Trump was the first Republican I ever voted for in a in a presidential election. And I never voted for for a Democrat ever for anything. So you said that's the only Republican that you voted for? Trump, yeah. I I qualified that with the presidential election because I did vote for Ron Paul in a primary twice. I voted for Gary Johnson. Well, I voted for Bernie, and then I voted for Gary Johnson, and then I didn't even vote in the last election. Hmm. Well, I don't know where all those Bernie supporters are going to go now, but uh, I, I know that they don't really like Brandon. But if, if Michael Robinson Obama's there, I, I can uh, I, I could safely believe that they'll they'll go to that camp, but I don't know if they're going to vote for Grusom. But all the globalists are panicking now because in in most polls, Trump is up by over 20 points over Brandon. And anything over 15 points, the tabulators, the the, the fake polls and and whatnot, it's too impossible to flip votes uh, if there's a landslide. If, If Trump is up 22 points, which some polls say it is, they, they don't have enough votes to flip that. It would be too unreal. So th- that, that's why everybody Kanye, now is, is really? panicking. What's that? What do you think about Kanye? What about him? You think Ye, you think Ye's going to run? I don't think now. I will say he probably had the best uh, the best campaign ad I've ever heard. And I, I just can't believe I'm saying that. What was this campaign ad? I haven't heard it. I'll play it. I still have it. America. What is America's destiny? What is best for our nation, our people? What is just, true justice? We have to think about all these things together as a people. 
To contemplate our future, to live up to our dream, we must have vision. We as a people will revive our nation's commitment to faith, to what our Constitution calls the free exercise of religion, including, of course, prayer. Through prayer, faith can be restored. We as a people are called to a greater purpose than ourselves. We are not only a beacon to the world, but we should be servants to each other, to encourage each other, to help each other, to lift up each other, our fellow Americans, that we may all prosper together. We have to act on faith with the sure knowledge that we are pursuing the right goals and doing the right things. We will build a stronger country by building stronger families. Families are the building blocks of society, of a nation. By turning to faith, we will be the kind of nation, the kind of people God intends us to be. A very positive ad, no no uh, going back and clapping back at anybody, just a, this is what we need to do to make uh, our nation better kind of thing, and I can respect that. So do you think, do you think he wrote that himself, or do you think somebody wrote it for him? Uh, I don't know. I think he could have written that. Don't forget, he writes rap for a living. He could probably write that. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's fair. Somebody was asking, do they have to call in or can they, like, is there something for them to text in questions or something? Well, we do kind of have a, a chat room. Uh, if you have a question, you can give them a shout out and uh, get their screen name and, and, uh, and where they're from, and we can you could shout their their question out or whatever and comment it. But calling in is always better. But it, it, I'm not going to force anyone. Are you relaying that message now? Yes. Okay. Well, we could yeah, also get into Mr. Broccoli if if you want. But go ahead if you have something. Yeah, yeah. If you want to go ahead and do that, and then I'll follow up with this. If you want to go ahead and play. Uh... Broccoli man. All right. Are you able to to listen and and do that at the same time? Can you multitask? Yes. Okay. So this time around, there's a debate with G Globalist and the wiretap. Uh, I want to go ahead and uh, and get you set up here, and then I can do the damn thing. So when you're set up, let me know. We'll go ahead and do th- go through it. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. All right, so this cartoon and all of the Broccoli Man family uh, can be found on rumble.com. Just look up Broccoli Man or uh, whatever... Uh, <laughs> Proof negative, broccoli man, yeah, and you can uh, you could find this. So please check it out, comment if you can. And uh, this one is called Debate with G Lobelist, January 2024. So I'll count down. 
three, two, one, action. Hello everyone and welcome to another debate. This debate is sponsored by Liza Mafia Diffles. Tonight we have someone on that is so wrong, we are not even going to say his name. Please just name him person one. No you better not be applauding for this loser. I am broccoli mad. And here we have the correct way of thinking. We have the greatest voice in the world. He is the person that will help us get through these new diseases being made in a Wuhan laboratory. The nicest globalist in the world. Mr. G, globalist and his favorite superhero, the wiretap. I said, we have G, globalist and a wiretap. Please applaud them. I hate you all. Do not worry. Soon we shall be rounding up all of you fuss budgets and dolts. You will be going to the FEMA camps. That do not exist. Before we get started, we are giving everyone in this audience today a free Lysenica Freedom microchip. We are also giving you something Duck airs a 30% off coupon if you schedule an appointment for the Lysenica Suicide Pod. Please do take advantage of that 30% off coupon. We need you all dead so we can take over the entire Earth. We do not care. Our first question tonight. Are you in favor of the World Health Organization taking over as the one world government? They will dictate that you must wear scams at all times. You must get every gene therapy and you will be required to have a Lysenica microchip. Person 1, you may reply. No, I do not. Your time is up. Gilabolist, can you please tell us why this is necessary? We are looking forward to serving you. Thank you, Martha. We need to continue to create new diseases in our laboratories in Wuhan, China. These diseases will help us take control over the entire Earth. Soon all of your leaders will agree to give the sovereignty of your nations to the World Health Organization. Brandon has already agreed to give up more of the United States than any other country. You something duck cares and dolts are going to be so screwed when we finish testing this disease X. You yucks is best shut up that hearing right now. Most of the country has no clue or does not care because they hate Trump. Don't forget, sir. Once we have taken control over every nation, we will start the digital currency system. Thank you, Wiretap. Yes, we will take control of everyone's finances. You bank accounts will go to us. We will say it is an attack by Trump supporters. So, in order to obtain funds, you must sign up for universal basic income. When you get your free money from the government, you must receive a microchip on your person. You must always be up to date on your gene therapies. Furthermore, your 99% test must always for the love of Klaus Schwab. 
to wear a bleeping scam on that face at all times. That is correct. From now on for everyone's safety, you must always have your kumquats and ice cream cones exposed at all times. That goes for people who do not have ice cream cones. You must allow your nether regions to be seen at all times. But you must 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 always keep a bloody scam on that face. I despise looking at all the pieces of excrement. Thank you for the great explanation. Almost 100% of the American public agree with you and you taking over everyone's lives. Brandon is the first person to run for president that is offering to take rights away. You buy snitch. We are going to replace Brandon with Michael Robinson Obama. Michael Robinson Obama is a very nice lady. Why do you think that is wiretap? Brandon's poll numbers are some of the best in world history, with just over 140 million eligible voters in America, we have already printed out 167 million votes for Brandon. Isn't that more fake ballots than there are registered voters? Martha please get some tape over that yutz's mouth, we do not want him ruining our crime syndicate. G-Lobalist. Why are you on Epstein's flight log over 35? <laughs> you shut your app up right this instant or I will demand you show your kumquats and ice cream cone on this stage right this instant. I need to check your person to see if you are hiding any extra gas-powered engines inside your junk. And wiretap, you were on that flight log 52 times. I will have you know, green dude. I was only the little children's. That's gross. Anyway, what do you think of Hunter Biden in Congress hearings? He should be arrested. Person one, you need to shut your soup hole. This is for geolibelist. Hunter Biden is a great ambassador to our DK in the United States. If he can help us sell more crack and pentanol, then we can depopulate the United States more than tenfold. We need to replace you American useless eaters with these migrants that will simply do as they are told. I agree, you libelist. We need to be kinder all these undocumented friends of Americans. I don't care about those fools. I only care about them bringing in more children for us to control. I can always use more pizza napkins and hot dog maps. We need to bring as many single military age men into the United States as possible. We need to ensure that we can have a civilian army even greater than the American military. We need those people to keep the American citizens in line with the fury of hate and victory. We will unleash on you Americans' appheads and buffoons. Even Barry Soetta said we need this when he ran for election in 2008. That is so loving and liberal, Mr. Libelist. How is that loving? That is it. You are hereby now required to remove your garments and put them in front of my person right this instant. I am going to have to anal swab your buttocks region so I can check you live on this smell vision show for COVIDs or disease X. Then I will have to study your ice cream cone and your kumquats in case you are hiding any gas-powered lawnmowers or hand grenades inside your junk.
You might be plotting a scheme to perform jihad on our persons. We need to end this now, Martha. I need to put my foot says up Mr. Broccoli's backside. He's spewing too much white privilege. You can try it. Billions of people can watch me beat you. On live TV. It's two on one green dude. We're going to put you out to pasture just like we were to Brandon at the Democratic National Committee. Okay everyone that is it for tonight. Please support Build Back Better, wear a stupid scam, get your gene therapies, and make sure you take advantage of T-Lobbolist's special offer of 30% off on the Lysenica Suicide Pod. Please support our climate change agenda by euthanizing yourselves. That's right, Martha. If something that cares are the card would we need to remove. So, that was an episode. Yeah, whatever happened was to a... Build Back Better? Well, everybody used it, and it's Build Back Worse. You build back better with the Great Reset. So you have to tear it down so that you could rebuild it. So they're trying. It's a race to the bottom. Yeah, I don't know. It just looks like they're drawing out. It just looks like what they've been doing, which is drawing out road projects. But right now, they're even telling you what they're about to do. They're they're discussing in front of millions of, of people about this disease that that they're working on in a Wuhan laboratory. They're telling. They're even telling us they're working on disease X. So the goal is that uh, in May, every nation will decide whether or not they want to hand their sovereignty of their nation over to the World Health Organization so that the WHO can handle every emergency and crisis, a.k.a. create a permanent emergency. And as long as there's an emergency, the World Health Organization runs the world. And so they have all these nations, allegedly, that want to sign off on this. So if they say no, then they're going to, they'll have to create their own crisis so that they can say, look, this is out of your control. We can handle it, but you have to give us complete sovereignty over your country forever, and we'll, we'll help you get out of this. That's what's coming. So they they can, the World Health Organization, they could say, all right, everybody needs to have a digital currency uh, because it's going to save everybody's life. Or everybody has to line up and get this experimental gene therapy and if you don't, we can round you up because this is for the good of the of the planet. And as long as they have control, they could have people do door to door knocks and and take everybody out who refuses to to uh, to go along with it. You said they're voting on that in May. Oh yeah. They tried last year. The United States. Uh, the World Health Organization 
they had a set of rules and Brandon was trying to give them more of the United States than, uh, than what they were even asking for. Except not enough nations signed off on it. What do you mean by more of the United States in that context? Well, they wanted to, the, the World Health Organization, they were asking for just certain rights to, to take over whereas Brandon was giving them more uh, over that. And I don't have exactly everything in front of me because I didn't expect to go over it. But if, uh, let's just say, uh, I'll just use financial and I, I'm just picking something. This is not, the, this is not the, the exact here. But say the World Health Organization said, we need $100 billion from every nation and we need this, that, and this. And he said, well, what if I give you $300 billion, and on top of everything you're asking for, I'm going to give you X, Y, and Z also? That's what I'm talking about. So don't quote me on the numbers. I'm just, I'm just trying to make something that, that you might be able to understand. But they're going to try again. And part of the part of this new thing here is that there are, there are no illegals. It's undocumented friends of the Western world. That's why they call them migrants. That's why that border is wide open. They have just as wide open of a border in Europe, except it might be worse. One of our guests that I'll hopefully have us booked in February that is a, I believe, uh, works within the energy sector of the U.K., uh, does some, like, lobbying there, was seeing that in the U.K. it's a prevalent issue. It's mostly, it's uh, you know, and then this is them, not me, you know. Uh, it's uh, Somalians that are coming into uh, the U.K., by the way, did you see that Minnesota changed their state flag? No, I did not see that. So it now looks like the Somalian flag. Wow, that's very interesting. I actually was speaking with three ladies a few months ago that were from Minnesota, and they were explaining the issues that they say they're having with uh, Somalians, which I would, you know, you know how I am. I would have to see for my and go talk to people and interview people in the area for me to be swayed one way or the other. You know, I'm just relaying that they said that it's an ongoing issue there. Um, uh, I guess uh, refugees coming in from Somalia or something like that along those lines. They, they don't call it Little Mogadishu there for nothing. That's why Elon Omar married her brother in Somalia to get citizenship. But it's funny. You get, you get people that are enlisted in, in the Chinese military that come across the southern border. Nobody cares. Over 90,000 of the Chinese military-age men 
are now in the United States as as illegals. Oh, I hadn't heard that. I had heard about, you know, like people saying uh, Syrian, like, men, and then they were looking like they were from uh, another country, like in like from Africa. They didn't look like they were from Syria from the videos. Right. So you have George Soros funding a lot of this. That that's how they can get all these people here. It's hard to believe that you would have a kid that's not even two years old that they could be eighteen months, and they're and they're walking from Colombia to the United States, changing their own diapers and finding their own food, and knowing where to go, wearing a "Let Me In" Biden shirt. Nobody really thinks that happens. It's all about photo ops. And then most of the kids, because the rule is if you have a kid that they don't question you, they just assume it's your kid and you get you get faster access into the United States if you have a kid with you. So they, they hijack these kids. And then they just pass the kid off to somebody else. They don't check to see who the father is. They say that's racial profiling. So you could have the same kid that could be brought in like 11 different times. And they just say, oh, that's my kid. And that's good enough. And then when they get tired of having the kid get passed down, then they just they execute the kid. Nobody cares. Wait, where is that at? The southern border. Yeah, they got fifteen to 20,000 people coming in a day now. It's never been yeah, that bad we- ever. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I wonder what happened to, like, the, you know, the kids in the cages a while back. Whatever happened with that? Oh, the ones that Barry Sotaro had, and then when Trump was trying to institute something similar, they said he was racist, and then everybody found out it was Barry that was doing it? Those cages? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who was doing it. I, I mean, no, it I was, just haven't uh, seen anything I can... about them. I can get you a fact check on that. I remember that being fact checked because I read the article here. But yeah, that started under Barry Satoro and his husband, Michael Robinson Obama, who I'm sure is a nice lady. Yeah, I'm not sure. I just haven't seen anything about that in a while. Haven't seen anybody talk about it really. All right, so what do we want to get into next? Do you have a topic you want to get into? I don't have anything in specific. I still think it's really weird that they did the human genome project. That was really weird. Well, if they could target people by their DNA. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing in the lab, yeah. All right, let me see what else we have here. Uh, I think this is funny. I played this yesterday. I want to play this again. This is J.P. Sears. He's interviewing. Oh, yeah, there's I know somebody, There's a comedian interviewing people, asking them if men can get pregnant, and people act like it's a trick question. Can men get pregnant? <laughs> yes. Yes. I don't know. No. no. You don't know? I don't know. I believe a man can get pregnant. Sometimes? Uh, I'm, I might have learned this in some class, I think. It depends on what they identify as. Whoa! The degeneration of the minds of university students due to their indoctrination that they're paying dearly for is breathtaking. Welcome back to the JP Rack Channel, my beautiful freedom-loving friend, where we like to call out the lies, hypocrisy, and corruption of tyrants and Satan, shine the light of awareness on woke absurdities, and highlight the amazing work of other freedom fighters. Have you heard the news? Men can get pregnant. I don't know what's wrong with me. I have repeatedly tried. I don't know if my eggs are just dried up or I need some pregnancy hormonal in vitro ingestination, whatever it's called, but I've been having trouble. There is a stark contrast between this person, James Klug, shout out. By the way, you can see his channel here. This is an excellent video. We'll see, can men get pregnant? UPenn students versus street on James Klug's YouTube channel. So shout out, it's a great video. So he goes around at UPenn University, and uh, what the hell was her name, Liz McGill? <laughs> see you, lady, you're fired. But anyway, asking UPenn students, can men get pregnant? He's not leading them, he's just asking the question. And you'll see a stark contrast of answers compared to when he's walking around the streets asking, quote-unquote, regular people if men can get pregnant. The contrast makes the indoctrination which degenerates the minds of young people at universities glaringly obvious. So let's take a look. And by the way, let me know in the comments, do you think men can get pregnant? <laughs> yes, I do. Then why don't men get pregnant? I don't know. It is, it is not. What's going on, everyone? James Kluge here. Today I'm in Philadelphia, and we're going to ask college students if men can get pregnant, and then ask the same question to average people on the street. This should be a good time. Let's go talk to some people. Shout out to myself for dropping out of college after three months. And by the way, that three months, I, I very rarely went to college. I, I found it insanely boring. And now looking back, I could see I had the ability to have an inability to learn about things that did not have a purpose. So uh, glad my mind was uh, probably warped by plenty of other things, but definitely not warped and shaped by college. By the way, how would you like to pay the most for an education that does the worst for you. I'm not a big fan of college. Can men get pregnant? <laughs> yes. yes. I don't know. No. no? You don't know? I don't know. I believe a man can get pregnant. Sometimes? Uh, I'm, I might have learned this in some class, I think. It depends on what they identify as. Well, very consistent answers at UPenn University. <laughs> no. I think, like, yeah, technically, yeah. But if you Technically. Technically, they can, because I heard that. If I, as male, but you're biologically a female, you can. Yes. Can men get pregnant? No. <laughs> Shout out to this guy. That's a stupid question. <laughs> but yeah, no. 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 What's that, a trick question? No. I don't think so. No. 
look at this. Like, you go outside of a university. Why do people appear to be ten times smarter? I don't know. You be the judge. Is there purposeful indoctrination to believe a leftist agenda that has satanic origins? Is that infiltrating universities to corrupt and therefore control the minds of young people? I have a hard time believing that that wouldn't be the case. No, impossible. You don't have a vagina to get pregnant. I'm getting a little worried about where this conversation is going, so... It, yeah, it's going in the direction of common sense. I bet you are worried. I will escape this conversation. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> By the way, the best way to escape something isn't to announce you're escaping it, because you just want to, like, be a little more escapey while you do it. Just food for thought. So worrisome okay. about it. I feel like this is a controversial topic. I don't want to... Like... Is it? Isn't that interesting? College students are programmed to believe it's controversial to talk about if men can get pregnant. Some of us would say, oh, it's not controversial, it's nonsense. Like, there's no controversy about it. <laughs> is it controversial? It's controversial, definitely. Well, why is that? Because everyone has a different opinion of what a man is. <laughs> Isn't that weird? College students, like, everybody's got a different opinion on what a man is. Maybe that's the problem. Some would say what a man is is not subject to opinion. It's not so much a subjective reality. It's more of an objective reality. What's your opinion on gravity? Well, I'm, I'm not really uh, one who identifies with gravity, so I do a lot of walking off rooftops. I like to go skydiving without a parachute because my opinion on gravity is different than yours. Sometimes, in some cases, it is helpful to buy into objective reality instead of playing God with your subjective reality of like, well, my mind and my imagination determines what the world around me is like. It's not necessarily always good to play God. Um, like what, what source is this for? Like what's like the... This is going on MySpace. He's quick. That's good. MySpace? Well, no, I guess men can't get pregnant, but a trans female could get pregnant. A trans, yeah. I might have to pass. That's like a strange question. For... By the way, like, I'm going to pass. I'm not going to answer the question, can men get pregnant? You got a choice, bravery or obedience. Like, it, it would take next to no bravery to just say what you know to be true. No, men can't get pregnant. That you're not a soldier on the battlefield, putting your brother over your back, taking gunfire, taking him to safety, that takes a lot of bravery. But the idea of, like, can get, men get pregnant? No. That's, like, point one ounce of bravery. And there's so much conditioning for obedience. A lot of people are even scared to have that little amount of bravery expressed through their words and actions. At least in the current times, you know? Who might have been? Trans female could get pregnant? I said Yeah, a man who... Wait, did I say that wrong? I don't know. I might have. Come on. It's weird how Orwellian speak is like a little bit hard to track because it doesn't necessarily go in a straight line direction of truth. It's just like, oh, backwards lies, deception. We Okay, we have to say the opposite of what reality is as though that is reality. That's kind of hard to track. Come on, you know that. Come on, man. You're a man, right? Yes, sir. Can you get knocked up? No, sir. All right, then why would you ask me something crazy like that? It is a little crazy. Oh, you mean because trans people have stated they can do that? No. What do you, men? How can men get pregnant? You haven't gotten pregnant? No. I mean... 
it's just great when you hear someone who's not brainwashed. Like, no, what, what is wrong with you? Why would you ask me that? I mean, if there is a trans man who was assigned female at birth, I'm not a professional on gender studies in any way. I guess, in my opinion, like, um, you don't have to be biologically, like, biologically male to be a man, and so, yes, men can get pregnant. You said, you said yes. Well, I feel like, well, yeah, I feel like technically yes, like, that's just like a fact, right? Wow. Technically, yes, that's just a fact, right, that men can get pregnant. That speaks to the absurd amount of brainwashing, how deep it's infiltrated the minds of young people at universities. And, and this is a, a pretty good study because you can see in the bottom left corner, just, you know, if you don't recognize that's a college campus, Anytime he's talking to a college student or talking to someone on the street, a non-college student, the stark contrast of someone like, yeah, like, I mean, it, it's a fact that men can get pregnant, right? That is some deep, profound brainwashing. Like, to whoever wrote that brainwashing script and supplies the propaganda into Hollywood, the intimidation of woke culture to make you believe it, heads off to them. That's actually very impressive brainwashing. Might be satanic. But it is impressive, though it's impressive I don't condone it. Can men get pregnant? Like, yeah, like, like technically they are able to, right? You and I, we're, we're not, we can't get pregnant? <laughs> no, no, I don't know. <laughs> Do you mean, like, is it right to, or? You mean technically men can get pregnant? Well, yeah. You know, I'm talking to college students today. Some of them are saying absolutely yes. What's going on there? I don't know. This world's going to hell. That's all I know. I think those are some wise words. Like college students are saying, yes, why Why would that be? The world's going to hell. I don't think the world is going to hell, but I think there is a hellish satanic agenda that a virus, if you will, a pandemic of a mind virus that is running rampant at college campuses. I don't see how they can physically get pregnant. I have no idea. I've never heard of that ever. What on earth is going on there? Yeah, I'm not sure. Man. I never... I don't think that's real. It's what you call an illusion. I call it um, an illness of the mind. Wow. That's not politically correct, but I would dare say it's correct. An illness of the mind to believe that men can get pregnant. Would it be an illness of the mind to believe gravity isn't real? Because you identify as a levitating person. Someone who's tripped out of their mind, jumping off a roof because they think they can fly. Is that an illness of the mind? I would dare say so. The nature of what's going on with media and everything else, they've, they've, they've grown accustomed to whatever it is. And, yeah. and so, yeah, they probably they can believe that they could get pregnant, but the reality is they can't. Men don't have the necessary parts in order to carry a child to term, let's Is that true? Men don't have the necessary parts to carry a child? Is that right? Oh, that's wrong? Okay. This guy's a Trump voter. Uh, it's a hot topic. I would say they're a little bit confused, but um, obviously it's tough to say, especially in this the campus. <laughs> like, it's not tough to say, actually. <laughs> Maybe they are thinking of male seahorses male is also female seahorses how does that work i'm not i'm not that caught up on my seahorse uh fun facts
I'm not really either. Yeah, but we do know something along those lines. There is uh, some rationalizations going on. I've heard this before, you know, like, hey, uh, like male seahorses, they can get pregnant. And I think another species of fish can as well, like two species out of like millions on earth, like they can do it. So like we are that. We are also seahorses because they do that and we want to pretend we do that. So like we're... I mean, we're more seahorse than we are person, aren't we? Something along those lines, yeah. Uh, well, I guess that there's the debate that you could say, okay, like, are you considering it on a basis of gender or sex? And if you're saying a man based on gender could get pregnant, then I think so. But based on sex, so I guess it's people's definition of that. I wouldn't want to have a baby as a man. No, that would be, how would that work? I don't know. I don't know either. Hey, Kevin, uh, start a fund to prevent my son from going to college. It's going to be pretty important. People do and can experience. No, maybe they are women who identify as men. Does that make them men? If they believe they're men, then sure. So you think maybe that's what some people are bringing up today when it comes to, yes, men can get pregnant? Is there women that think that they're men that are getting pregnant? Not that they think they're men, that they identify as men. What's the that makes it so, like, these women, they don't think they're men. They identify as men. And that makes it so, according to her. And, like, whatever studies or woke culture she's been exposed to at UPenn, it's like, I could say, I think I'm a billionaire. Well, JP, that doesn't make you a billionaire. Well, you know what? I identify as a billionaire. You're a billionaire! Let me see. So we've established scientifically, I identify as a billionaire. Why does my bank account not validate this? Hey, Kevin, I said I, I identify as a billionaire. How come there's not billions in my bank account? It's almost like it doesn't work. Because thinking implies that they're not actually men. Does identifying as a man also imply that as well? No. Like, if, if if they were a man, wouldn't you just not say that at all and you just say they're a man? Sure. Well, there you have it. Nice snapshot of how the minds of university students work when it comes to the idea of, can men get pregnant? Versus the minds of normal people, non-indoctrinated people, and I would dare say the best and brightest of society who have not gone through the sewage system that is universities. Pretty interesting contrast, how their minds work. And again, shout out to James Klug for this uh, really great video showing the contrast. With that said, my dear freedom-loving friend, I'm just an idiot. Please let me know in the comments, truly, if men can get pregnant or if this is just a wise tale. <laughs> I appreciate you watching this video. Look forward to seeing you on our next one. But first, I have something I want to tell you about. Anyway, uh, can men get pregnant? I can't believe if you're in college, you honestly think this somehow. I I've been married for 13 years. I never once had to worry about my wife getting me pregnant. I, I don't know a I don't know a life where eggs swim to sperm. It's not like the sperm are just chilling there and the eggs come floating to it. And then even if uh, if a man got pregnant, how would the baby get out? Very disturbing. People These through. people are sick.
Yeah, these people are sick. And people act like it's a trick question. Yeah, I I don't know. It's just disturbing. And this is what everybody pays for. I mean, I don't even know why men would really, like, want to give birth. I just want to know where the baby's coming out of. I actually, I don't even want to know. So, Proof, before I have to go, I'd like to bring up that, uh, you know, I'm I'm uh, currently uh, in Tennessee for a little bit, and it's okay. uh, very cold it's very cold weather here. I'd like to share this with the audience before I have to go. Um, well, go ahead. For some reason, you know, usually, because we're, we're getting very cold weather over here. Uh, you know, this is like kind of like New Hampshire weather in Tennessee. But, you know, 21 degrees, it's, you know, it's supposed to get down in the negative with the way, like, the wind chill is. It's supposed to be basically negative. So we have, like, about nine inches of snow, which is very not normal for this hmm. state. And usually what I've always seen is when there's even like a chance of snow or word that there's going to be snow, you know, they, they typically do salt the roads. There's a lot of people complaining throughout the state that they haven't salted the roads yet. I guess they just started, but there have been a lot of people that were saying that they didn't salt. Oh, did I lose you? There was a lot of people complaining. No, I'm still here. There was a lot of people complaining earlier, like Jefferson City earlier today, saying that they weren't salting the roads over there. People were saying that they still didn't salt down 70. Um, That was earlier in the day today, and people were wondering. One person said that they saw one of the salt trucks, but other people were saying that what they're seeing is that there's a lot of volunteer, volunteer snowplow going on, but they haven't seen any government vehicles in their area. And I just think it's very interesting, and I think... It, it's very important to note that I think that we're literally in a live exercise. Uh, two days ago, I looked at the newspaper, and it was titled, Are You Ready? And it said, last year, the Tennessee Valley Authority called for rolling blackouts to stabilize the regional power grid for the first time in its 90-year history. TVA has since spent millions to keep pipes from freezing again will its investment pay off and then it's got the rest of the article on a different page but i think that's a very peculiar like title and that's very strange right so is this the coldest temperature that you'll ever be in Um, I mean, I would be down to go to actually Antarctica and do an Arctic tour, but I looked them up, and they're so expensive. They're, like, way more expensive no, I, than not, not, anything I'm not, I'm I not denying that you like cold or not. I'm just asking if what's the coldest weather you've been in. Yeah, I would say this or New Hampshire. Um, I can't remember what the temperatures were in New Hampshire. It was pretty cold up there, but we're definitely around here not used to 
the cold like that. I am a Floridian now, so I actually have yeah. withdrawals when I'm not near the beach or palm trees. Uh, pretty severe ones, but yeah, I mean, we're kind of snowed in in a lot of areas right now. Yeah, I don't miss those days. I think the coldest weather I've ever been in was in Ogden, Utah, which is like very northern Utah. On a, on a January day, it was it was like negative twelve, and then the windshield factor made it negative forty. I was there. I was working as a stand-up comedian, and uh, I was there for a week. And the the club was always packed. That wasn't the issue. the The funny part was. That you were not even back then, you were not allowed to smoke in a in a public building, and they owned the empty lot next door, so people would run out and smoke in the empty lot, even in minus forty. Yeah, right, Adrian, I don't know. So I wonder. You're uh, go ahead and finish your point, and when you're leaving, just say bye. That's all. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. No, I wonder if. You know, because I saw something that said it was negative 74 in Alaska right now. And I'm like, I wonder if at a certain point in the cold, if you can tell it's significantly colder or if all the cold just feels equally as cold at some degree. Do you reach that point? Uh, That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know if you could tell the difference between negative 28 and negative 40. I'll post that in my on my spy book. Yeah, we we should uh, look that up for the science. I'm interested in the answers. But uh, I've got to get off early tonight, and I will see you next week. All right, I'll tag you in my post. Okay, sounds good. Have a good night, Proof. All right, thank you. I'll, I'll play a couple more clips here. Okay, have a good night, and stay warm. All right. Oh, I'm in Vegas. I'll be all right. Yeah, you guys got the warmth over there. Right. All right, so let's – I'm going to play a couple of clips here. We're going to get into some Russell Brand right now. Disease X is imminent, they say. A whole new pandemic for a whole new year. Luckily, our friends at Davos, the WHO and world leaders are discussing a response. But are you not concerned that disease X could be caused by a lab leak when it's possible that the previous pandemic was caused by a lab leak? Well, hopefully they're not doing crazy stuff with mouses all over the world right now. They are. Hello there, you Awakening Wonders. Thanks for joining me on our voyage to truth and freedom. As we continue to awaken together, we do need to form a resistance, a counterpunch to the attack on our freedom. As the WHO treaty means that your nation will be disempowered and you will be further disempowered as an individual. We need to organize together, become an awakened wonder, join our community if it's within your means. For surely, disease X is something to be concerned about. Even when the legacy media report on it, they admit that the laboratory that's investigating vaccines are also developing chemical weapons. 
The British government has unveiled a new vaccine research facility where scientists are working to prevent future pandemics. It's located at Porton Down, a high security research facility best known for its work on chemical warfare. Okay, now those of you that are well versed in this territory will be familiar with some of the ideas and theories about the evolution of certain medications, the funding for certain vaccines, the idea of dual-use facilities and dual-use research, and indeed the possibility that gain-of-function research itself led to the pandemic. It's the age-old chicken and egg question. What came first? the solution to the disease or the disease itself? And is it possible that that disease was caused by research into diseases of that nature? Extraordinary. There's certainly some interesting patent information available that suggests the chronology is peculiar. In any event, the solution will be provided by world leaders at Davos. Davos is beginning this week and members of the WHO, whose treaty will further empower them and disempower your government, are talking with world leaders who have possibly passed through WEF-type schemes about what the solutions for the next pandemic will be. The last pandemic was preceded by exercises of preparation known as Event 201. As well as being someone that's interested in the potential nefarious undergirding of globalism, I do, in spite of what it might say under this video, in spite of the pop-ups that you might see while watching this video, care very deeply indeed about truth. And of course, what will rationally be said is there's just been a pandemic. Of course, we're preparing for other eventualities and future pandemics. And people make all sorts of curious arguments about why there are more pandemics. Oh, as rainforests are depleted, we're exposed to more creatures and more viruses and more diseases. People seem very reluctant to say, as we do more gain and function research, as we develop more bioweapons, it's possible that there are more and more lab leaks. People are even less keen on saying, as we seek to impose control at unprecedented levels, it's more and more likely that the legitimization of measures of control will be seen in the Form of future pandemics. That's the kind of thing that you simply cannot say out loud. I know that many of you are pondering and inquiring into exactly those kind of ideas. Let me know in the chat and the comments. But it seems to me that we at least have to remain open to the following possibilities. Gain of function research and biochemical activity is leading to new outbreaks and new viruses, and that we oughtn't be handing over more control to organizations like the WHO or indeed the WEF or perhaps even our own national governments in the wake of what happened in the last pandemic. Whether that's something as simple as the revelations in Fauci's behind closed doors inquiry, that social distancing rules were basically made up, that masks essentially don't work, that lockdowns could have caused many more problems, certainly economically and maybe even socially and psychologically than they caused. And there is, of course, the phenomenon of excess deaths, the looming phantom, the spectre, the unanswerable question that won't come up in any COVID inquiry in your country, the United States or mine. And we've just heard, of course, as you have, that the COVID inquiry is being delayed conveniently for a few months. It was due to start looking at vaccinations and medications in the summer. That's all been delayed. So there are a lot of questions before we start handing over our trust when it comes to disease X, whatever it may be and wherever it might lead us. Experts are preparing for what is known as disease X or the next pandemic virus. One of the most reliable voices during the pandemic period was Dr. John Campbell, who began as a, an advocate for vaccines and still advocates for many medications that are what we would call conventional or traditional vaccines, but has become, over the course of the pandemic, an extremely outspoken critic of the government and pharmaceutical establishment during the pandemic period. Here he is talking about disease X. Now, I want to talk now about disease X which is on uh, this website here. 
this is the uh, World Economic Forum site, as far as I can uh, derive. Why I like John Campbell is he's pretty straightforward. He's dry. He's trustworthy. He's not a person who's hysterical or hyperbolic, not evangelical, but you can tell he's extremely committed to telling the truth. He uses academic information. The fact that he's someone that's subject to bans and strikes and attacks tells you that it is indeed telling the truth that's the problem, not misinformation. Disease X, this is how we should prepare for the next big virus. Uh, global collaboration and adequate funding are needed to improve pandemic preparedness and ensure fast action to keep a viral outbreak at bay. Uh, it says you can get a long way being able to produce something. Not quite sure what's being produced, but you can produce something or other, something or other that will target a novel virus before that virus even emerges. Isn't it interesting how opaque and vague the language is? You could produce something. That means some sort of vaccine product comparable to the current raft of vaccines for the previous pandemic, whether it's the AstraZeneca one, where there are a lot of questions, Johnson Johnson, a lot of questions, Moderna, a lot of questions about efficacy at very least, Pfizer, a lot of questions about profit and efficacy. You can't just sort of plough on as if, well, that was an unmitigated success. Just get ready for the next round. I assume here they're referring to repurposed drugs which could be rolled out very quickly and uh, very cheaply and may be efficacious against a range of conditions. Maybe that's what they mean. But anyway, they're going to produce something. Um, can't read too much into that. All they say is something. Could even mean a vaccine. I, I don't know, whatever they mean there. Um, anyway, that will target a novel virus before that, that, that virus even emerges. It's interesting because I suppose what's indicated there and what Dr. John Campbell is very deft at communicating is how do you know that something is going to emerge? Because let's face it, what we're discussing, let's have it right, I know many of you range in views from this whole thing was deliberate, it was deliberately leaked, to it was accidentally leaked, to you know, presumably some of you still believe it could be natural origin. I know there are many people that think, oh, they tried their best with the vaccines. Other people think the most nefarious, malfeasant schemes imaginable have taken place. But when we hear that the WF are discussing a future pandemic, gain-of-function research that's even more dangerous than the research that led to the last pandemic is continuing. Weapons manufacturers are involved in making vaccines. It starts to seem extraordinary, particularly when you couple that with the general climate of our planet now, where there's complete mistrust for institutions and a sense that measures that afford control and generate compliance are favourable to the powerful. Not saying anything about how the pandemic came about. Who benefited from it, though? Well, the most powerful financial interest in the world benefited, would you say? Yes. Did the state, the government benefit? Yes. Did Bill Gates benefit? Yes. It's extraordinary, isn't it? The people that benefited are the people that are telling us there's going to be another pandemic any minute. Hang on to you. I bet there's another one. You did so well out of the last one. It's a virus we don't know yet, but we do know it's out there. Uh, do we? We can't continue to bring you this awakening and hopefully enjoyable content without the support of our partners. That's why I've got to ask you, and I'm glad to ask you, are you struggling with back taxes or unfiled returns? The IRS is escalating collections, adding, get this, 20,000 new agents and sending over 5 million collection letters to kick off 2024 to spend on things that you probably don't agree with, like wars and measures and a total lack of infrastructure. In these challenging times, your best defense is 
Tax Network USA. Don't let the IRS take advantage of you. With over 14 years of experience, Tax Network USA have saved their clients over $1 billion in back taxes. No matter the size of your tax issue, their expertise is your advantage. They specialize in negotiating with the IRS, aiming to significantly reduce your debt. Tax Network USA doesn't just negotiate, they also protect your assets from IRS seizures and manage your yearly returns for ongoing compliance. Importantly, they are licensed to help you with all state tax issues, regardless of where you live in the United States. The clock is ticking. Don't wait as the IRS steps up its game. Seize control of your financial future now. Contact Tax Network USA for immediate relief and expert guidance. Call 1-800-245-6000 or visit taxnetworkusa.com forward slash brand. Don't let tax issues overpower you. Turn to Tax Network USA and find your path to financial peace of mind. Right, let's get back to this content. Unfortunately, much to my annoyance and your annoyance, I felt um, compelled to delete yesterday's um, video. My apologies. The, the, the trick is to live to fight another day. Um, that, that's what, what we aim for. What you've just witnessed there is the great power of censorship. In the end, content creators begin to censor themselves in order, as Dr. John said, to live to fight another day. We've seen the video that Dr. John is referring to, and he talked about the potential gain-of-function origins of certain recent medical global events. When someone's censoring themselves, it shows you how far down the line we are, that it's acceptable that gain-of-function research continues after we've all begun to understand that it's likely and possible that it's gain-of-function research that led to that event, but someone saying that is controlled and curtailed. Can you see that even where regulation is being applied appears to be in the service of the powerful? No one's applying regulation to gain-of-function research, which was banned and then reinstated. No one's regulating dual-function research, chemical weapons and vaccines simultaneously being created and experimented on. These are the kind of things that should be regulated and controlled, not the free speech of people that want to have an open conversation, the kind of open conversations that if they were being had at the beginning of the pandemic, it's almost certain now that we can say less people might have died. Lockdowns might have been challenged, medical measures might have been challenged, and therefore potentially less people taking their own lives, less deaths from cancer and heart disease, just because people would have been able to get their treatments is all I'm saying at this stage. So look at how power is being exercised by in this case, YouTube, who used the WHO's community guidelines to censor content. We've been censored. John Campbell's clearly alluding to censorship. Fortunately, on the platform we're on now, where we stream every day, we are not censored. That's why we're there. If you want to support us, click the link in the description and become a supporter of our community. Examining a particular virus uh, that was uh, experimentally used to infect mice, caused a disease of the brain, and on, uh, at, the, at the end of the study, none of the mice at the end of the study, we're alive anymore. None of them are alive anymore. How many mouses have got to die before these people start showing some damn respect? Um, because a certain event had happened to them that made them not alive. We don't know what's made these mouses not be alive, but it was something to do with this disease X. Well, Jesus Christ, shut that window. No, no, leave the window open. I think I've just had another brilliant idea. Oh, my brain's hurting. What is Ow! Um, carrying out research and, oh, and vaccine development, carrying out research on vaccine development uh, for known viral families. Could oh, yes, we could make vaccines. Who do we get to do that? Who's that on line one? Hello, Bill. Uh, would give humanity a decided advantage over the next disease, X. 
So who, who knows, maybe the World Economic Forum uh, will be good enough to uh, develop a vaccine for us great unwashed, so it's all ready for us. Please, please, please. It could be my birthday and Christmas present. Thanks, as always, to Dr. John for his tireless and intrepid work. World leaders meeting in Davos for the World Economic Forum this week are set to discuss concerns about the potential for a future pandemic that could cause 20 times more fatalities than COVID-19. Is that with disease X or from disease X? Known by the placeholder name of Disease X, the term is used to refer to planning for a hypothetical future international epidemic caused by a pathogen as yet unknown to cause human disease, according to the World Health Organization. In a session entitled Preparing for Disease X, a panel led by the WHO chief, Dr. Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus, will talk about novel efforts needed to prepare healthcare systems for the multiple challenges ahead if we are to be ready for a much more deadly pandemic, the WEF said. It's like Jaws 3. They've tried the idea. We've all been completely beguiled and enchanted, but you've just got to keep the box office going. You're going to need a bigger boat. Worldwide, the number of potential pathogens is very large, while the resources for disease research and development, R&D, is limited, the WHO had previously said in a statement. So, world governments, how about a little bit of that moolah? Would like to be getting a nasty little disease now, would you? Can I just show you what it's done to these mouses? Oh, God, oh, that's terrible. Yeah, going to need 5% of your health budgets this year. British scientists have said that a vaccine for a new virus with pandemic potential could be developed in as little as 100 days. In August last year, researchers from the University of Oxford announced that they are examining how to adapt the vaccine it created for COVID-19 for disease X. Because that went so well. Just a few little tweaks here and there. Don't you think it will be worth investigating and understanding the impact, effects and failures, most significantly, of the last pandemic before blazing ahead in a disease X as if it's from the people that brought you the response to COVID-19? COVID-19, it, X, Ballers, Schwab, Gates, Fauci, let's go again, like the Beatles of diseases. Of course, the COVID inquiry in our country, which wouldn't be happening without independent media, which wouldn't be happening without your curiosity, and even when it is happening, it's happening within sort of pretty slim guardrails, I would say, is being delayed right before it gets to vaccine efficacy, let alone excess deaths, it's being boxed. Meanwhile, in the UK, a long-awaited probe into the development of COVID vaccines and drugs was today postponed indefinitely. When are you going to do it? We cannot be definitive about that. Why is that? Because we're probably going to have an election, try and get another centralist stooge in office, and then we'll be able to blame the last lot when we eventually hold a heavily diluted inquiry in which no significant truth will be able to emerge. Because if you told people the truth, this is the conclusion they would reach. Don't trust the media. Don't trust the government. Don't trust big business. Demand real democracy now. Hearings for the fourth module of the official inquiry were set to begin this summer, but have been rescheduled. Baroness Heather Hallett, chair of the investigation, said, I know the postponement of these hearings will be disappointing for some people interested in justice but not so disappointing for the global establishment who want this plainly hushed up. I want to ensure our hearings in 2024 are as effective as possible and I recognise the increasing pressure on organisations to respond to requests and provide information to the inquiry. I wish to reassure you that we will hold these hearings as soon as possible. That's what happens if you have the establishment accountable to the establishment doing deals with the establishment. People leaving government to go and work for Moderna and leaving Moderna to work for the government and leaving the government to go and work for Meta. What you have is a set of 
individual and collective interests that have much more in common with one another than they do with you. And similarly, we have a lot more in common with one another than we do with them. That's why inquiries like these never go anywhere because essentially it's not the blind leading the blind, it's the corrupt inquiring into the activities of the corrupt. I recognise the increasing pressure on organisations to respond to requests and provide information to the inquiry. Which organisations? Presumably that means vaccine manufacturers because at least it's public record now that AstraZeneca's vaccines cause blood clots. We know that there are a lot more adverse reactions reported than are being widely shared. We certainly have excess deaths to look into. But the people that the inquiry are worried about pressurising are vaccine manufacturers. Why? Because they might get a job there one day. Why? Because they receive funding from them. Why? Because it's essentially the same establishment. They should be under some pressure. Pressure is exactly what they should be feeling. Dozens of families are suing AstraZeneca over allegations they were harmed by the firm's jab, which was rolled out widely in January 2021, nine months after the nation was plunged into its first lockdown. Many were struck down by vaccine-induced thrombocytopenia. Baroness Hallett vowed to ensure the inquiry, which is thought to have cost taxpayers in the area of £145 million already. Oh, my God. You monsters, you animals, you're paying for that. You paid for the vaccine. You'll probably pay for the payouts when people are able to prove that they were injurious. What an extraordinary system. Meanwhile, we don't want to put any pressure on those vaccine It must be so exhausting. How many mouses have you maimed this morning? Well, five. Shattering stuff. What happened once this family? We got a disease that's got so many syllables in it. It's going to take the rest of my life to learn how to say it, Mum. Fuck off. <laughs> Baroness Hallett vowed to ensure the inquiry, which is thought to have cost taxpayers in the area of £145 million already, doesn't run beyond summer 2026. Look, it doesn't run beyond the summer 2026. It's called COVID-19. It's seven years. It's like, what the hell was that that just went on? Well, I think what happened was, is there was an event that legitimised authoritarianism and generated huge profits. So, should we put that in the inquiry? No, don't put that in the inquiry. Just say something about these mouses. God knows what happened to them. According to a statement on the inquiry website, the hearings will now take place at a later date. You try that with your taxes. You try that with your relationship with the state. You try that with your relationship with power. Oh, can we deal with that at a later date? Yes, because you're going to have a lot of dates behind bars to think about it. And I invite you to consider that the very scientists that are suspected of potentially causing the Wuhan lab leak are now engaged in similar research with a MERS-like virus. Doesn't that seem preposterous? Doesn't that seem like the sort of thing that should be regulated rather than Dr. John Campbell going through documents with a pen like the world's loveliest deputy headmaster saying, oh, I'm a bit concerned about that. Could you try a bit harder in PE? I am trying. Scientists linked to Wuhan bat researchers have been accused of performing dangerous experiments on a MERS-like virus that could spark a pandemic. A team from the University of North Carolina published a paper in Science Advances detailing how they'd synthesized a MERS-like bat virus and used it to infect human cells and humanized mice. As you know, I'm against humanized mice. Why do that to mouses? MERS is one of the deadliest viruses, killing around 35% of people that it infects. Good news, everyone. The team includes Professor Ralph Barrick and Trevor Scobie, who worked with Professor Shi Zhengli of the Wuhan Institute of Virology before the pandemic, creating chimeric viruses by inserting spike proteins from bat viruses into the original SARS virus. Turns out now that that might not have been such a fantastic idea. In hindsight, hindsight is 2020. In 2024, that's disease X. The new experiment used a reverse genetics technique to create a MERS-like bat virus called BT-CoV-422, which was collected by Shi Zhengli's team 
team in China in 2019. Ah, it's a good year for coronaviruses. What a fine vintage it was. Oh, I don't feel very well. I'm going to stay indoors. The scientists said they had performed the latest study to test whether antivirals would work against an infection. But experts warned the experiments were needlessly risky for little gain. What is the gain? Well, pretty good if you're BioNTech or Moderna or Pfizer or Big Tech or part of the global establishment. Yeah, but what about all these mouses? I mean, it's not looking good for them. Their brains are coming out of their ears. Anton van der Meer, professor of molecular immunology at Oxford University, told The Telegraph, because coronaviruses evolve rapidly, these experiments carry the risk of generating variants which are better able to infect human cells and therefore humans. Human and equipment error means that infection of those performing the experiments is a risk and the infected individual could then spread the infection outside the laboratory and initiate a pandemic. The consequences would be potentially devastating, and it's not clear to me what the benefits are. There's no prospect of using such work to develop a vaccine or antiviral drug, since these can only be tested in humans during an actual pandemic. Huh, but surely they wouldn't do that. Right, kids? It seems to me this experiment is simply not justified. Incredible, but what does he know, that crackpot professor of molecular immunology at Oxford University? InfoWars! Professor Barrett developed the reverse genetics technique, which not only enables a virus to be brought to life from its genetic code, but allows scientists to mix and match parts from other viruses. However, experts said that the same experiments could have been carried out by inserting the spike protein of BTCOV422 into a harmless pseudovirus. But where's the fun in that? Pseudovirus experiments should have been the first things they did before making this live virus, one scientist who chose to remain anonymous said. They went straight to testing the live virus in human cell culture, and they performed experiments in humanized mice, which presents a higher risk of escape than just cell culture. If I'd seen these sorts of results for pseudovirus, I would have said that it should stop there. The virus is a potential threat. Don't proceed to using a live virus. They went straight to the bit that this guy would say never, ever do. They've already done that bit. The bit that he said, don't do that. They've done that already. So the reason that they perhaps are suspicious that disease X could be around the corner is because they know what they're doing in laboratories. It's not like, oh, the erosion of bloody forests and you not doing your recycling. That's what's caused all of this. No, it's because they know in laboratories around the world, you're funding this kind of crackpot stuff that even experts within the scientific field are saying is risky with no clear benefits, unless it was highly profitable and allowed you to terrify people into total compliance. I suppose that would be useful, but it's not some sort of sci-fi dystopia we're living in, right? Experts also warned that the experiments were performed at biosafety level, BSL-3 level, rather than the highest BSL-4 safety level. Accidental releases from BSL labs are unfortunately quite common, added Professor Vandermeer. Right, firstly, what's going on at BSL safety level 1 and 2? Just scrap them. You shouldn't even let kids do play, though, at that level. 3 isn't safe enough. I'm going to put some music on, have a couple of drinks, maybe a little bit of the other, and now it's time for some experimenting, baby. No, BSL-4, bare minimum. Experiments on potentially pandemic organisms should only be performed if there are clear benefits to humanity and should be performed at the very highest level of containment. Doesn't this make you think you've got a disparate and broken system where you have no means of control over experimentation that's plainly deleterious to our chances of survival as a species, where you have open communication continually censored on public platforms in order to control debate, where you have dissenting voices continually criticised, where you have people openly discussing there's going to be another disease X, and none of us 
having the ability to oppose it. When you have a WHO treaty that's going to impair democracy even further, any nation that signs up to that treaty will have to give over 5% of their budget and will have to comply to any measures that the treaty suggests. And that is all undergirded by this kind of lunacy. Even if they know something we don't and we're all dumb and they know a bunch of rational things that we can't understand, we should still be invited to participate democratically in whether or not these experiments take place. Because after the last pandemic, I'm not quite ready for another one. But that's just what I think. Why don't you let me know what you think in the comments in the chat. Remember, become an awakened wonder. Support our work. We are every day doing experiments on three or four mouses just to make sure that our work is of the best quality. We need your support. Click the link. Join us. Become part of this movement. God knows we need each other now. If you can, please stay free. Hey, thanks for watching. If you want to see more uncensored content... Hello, my friend. So it's now off to New Hampshire, a great place. We won it last time. What's up, guys? It's your boy, Benny. I've covered presidential politics for the last 15 years. I've seen campaigns up close. I've studied them. I know a lot of people that make them work and people who make them not work, actually. And I know a good thing when I see it. And Vivek Ramaswamy's campaign was a good thing in the 2024 cycle. It was inspirational. It was truly led by a grassroots outsider. And it was core America first MAGA. It's really interesting to watch a new generation sort of grab the totems of Donald Trump and carry them forward. And it was neat to be sort of mixing it up with Vivek on the campaign trail as we did multiple times. But all good things must come to an end. And Vivek Ramaswamy dropped out last night after coming in fourth in the Iowa caucuses with still, I think, a very respectable 8% of the vote for somebody that no one had ever heard of a couple months ago, right? This entire campaign is about speaking truth, Vivek tweeted. We did not achieve our goal tonight. The America First Patriot, we need an America First Patriot in the White House. The people spoke loud and clear about who they want. Tonight, I'm suspending my campaign and endorsing Donald J. Trump, and I'll do everything I can to make sure he's the next president of the United States. I'm enormously proud of this team, movement, and our country, Vivek said so, on stage at his event, but not after Donald Trump put on his uh, Truth Social platform. Thank you, Vivek. A great honor. Donald Trump posting, of course, Vivek's endorsement. Let's have a listen. As of this moment, we are going to suspend this presidential campaign. And this is going to have to be, there is no path for me to be the next president absent things that we don't want to see happen in this country. And I think that I am very worried for our country. I think we are skating on thin ice as a nation. We have done everything in our part to make and done every one of us in this room has done our part to save this country. And I am so proud of every one of you who have lifted us up, but we're a campaign founded on the truth. And so that's why we've made that decision today. And I'm also making the decision that this has to be an America first candidate in that White House. As I've said since the beginning, there are two America first candidates in this race. And earlier tonight, I called Donald Trump to tell him that I congratulate him on his victory. And now going forward, he will have my full endorsement for the presidency. And I think we're going to do the right thing for this country. And so I'm going to ask you to follow me in taking our America First movement to the next level. It did not begin in 2016. It began in 1770. So that was Vivek Ramaswamy in a heartfelt declaration that he is suspending his campaign. Obviously, Vivek Ramaswamy worked his ass 
off 400 events in Iowa. I got to go to some of these events. I mean, he knows, like, everyone in Iowa by name, <laughs> effectively, at this point. The guy did the work, and he also put his money where his mouth is, spent $30 million of his own cash uh, running his race. Donald Trump actually shouting out Vivek in his acceptance speech for the victor of the Iowa caucus in a landslide victory last night, Donald Trump winning 98 of 99 counties. I also want to congratulate Vivek because he did a hell of a job. He came from uh, zero and he's uh, got a big percent, probably 8%, almost 8%. And that's an amazing job. They all did. They're all very smart, very smart people, very capable people. Donald Trump also talking last night about how he is going to bring unity to the party very soon. Straighten out the problems and straighten out all of the death and destruction that we're witnessing. It's practically never been like this. It's just so important, and I want to make that a very big part of our message. We're going to come together. It's going to happen soon, too. It's going to happen soon. So that happened uh, sooner than we thought, actually, with the announcement that Vivek Ramaswamy would be joining Donald Trump on stage at an event in New Hampshire the day after. He dropped out. We haven't seen any other uh, candidate do this. And so, ladies and gentlemen, that just happened and is a sight to behold. Enjoy. Our country is at stake, and we need to focus on all of our resources. We have to put them into energy and effort and defeating Biden and all of these radical left lunatics, what they're doing to our country. We can't let it happen. We cannot let it continue. We're going down, and we cannot let it continue. Last night, I was honored to receive the endorsement of a man who has become a true leader and earned the admiration of so many patriots. I've been a friend of his, even though we were competing against each other. But I was a friend of his, and we got along. And he was saying he's a great president. I kept saying, why is he running? He keeps calling me a great president. But he's a fantastic guy, a very smart guy. He's got some tremendous ideas. And uh, he's young, and he's got some young ideas, too. And that's a good thing. So he has a big, beautiful, bright future ahead. Vivek Ramaswamy. Come on up, Vivek. Let's do this, guys. It's good to see you. It's good to be back in New Hampshire. We miss you guys. We're going to make this happen, and you guys know this well. You know this man. You know why we're here, patriots across the state. We are in the middle of a war in this country. That's what this is. It's not a war between black and white. It's not between Democrat and Republican, even in a deeper sense. It's between the permanent state and the everyday citizen, between those of us who love the United States of America and a fringe minority who hates this country and what we stand for. And right now we need a commander-in-chief who will lead us to victory in this war. That's what we need in this country. You got to know you're in a war to win one. You can't win one if you're asleep at the switch, have your head stuck in the sand like most Republicans. And I think that's going to require somebody who isn't bought and paid for, a businessman, not a politician. Anybody heard of that? And that's why I was in this race, but 
I'll tell you, the people of Iowa spoke loud and clear last night, and I'm a big believer that we, the people, create a government that is accountable to us, not the other way around. That we, the people, choose who leads this country. And so we heard we, the people, last night, and that is why last evening I met my friend here, we met in person, and I told him that I would endorse Donald J. Trump for President of the United States and do everything in my power to lead us to victory in this war. It is a 1776 moment right now. That's where we live right now. And you want to know what does it mean to be a Republican today? It means we believe in the ideals of 1776. Ideals like freedom and merit and the pursuit of excellence. That you get ahead in this country not on the color of your skin, but on the content of your character and your contributions. End affirmative action. End DEI. We are done with the nonsense. Send it back home. It means you believe in the rule of law. And I say this as the kid of legal immigrants to this country. That means your first act of entering this country cannot break the law, and that is why we need to use our military to secure our own southern border in this country. That's what it means to stand for the rule of law in the United States of America. It means the people we elect to run the government needs to be the ones who actually run the government, not the shadow government in the deep state that runs the show today. This man is going to get in there this time around and actually shut down that deep state, not messing around this time anymore. That's how we win this war in this country. And the way we're actually going to do this in the long run and win this this time around is with elections we need to secure in this country for the long run. You want to know what needs to happen in this country? Single-day voting on Election Day as a national holiday with paper ballots, government-issued ID to match the voter file, and English as the sole language that appears on a ballot. And I'm confident this man will be the one to get us there. And this is how we get our country back. Not black or white, it's deeper than that. These are the ideals of the American Revolution. And you know what? We do have some enemies that we need to defeat on the other side, but we have challenges to address in our own party right here at home. So you know what? If you want somebody who's going to foist onto you to use your social media account, you want to use a driver's license to do it, to have the right to use the Internet, this man's not your man. There's another candidate in this race who will do that for you. It's Nikki Haley. You want to send, you want to cut Social Security, you want to cut Medicare, you want to cut veterans' benefits so we can fork over more money to Ukraine so some kleptocrat can buy a bigger house? Vote for Nikki Haley, not this man right here. But if you want to actually put an agenda that puts Americans first, to say that the moral obligation of your leaders is to the citizens of this country, not another one, there is not a better choice left in this race than this man right here. And that is why I am asking you to do the right thing as New Hampshire and to vote for Donald J. Trump as your next president because we're not working with a lot of time here. If our kids are in high school before we get this right, we don't have a country left. That's what it means. We've been celebrating our diversity and our differences for so long that we forgot all of the ways that we are the same as Americans, bound by that common set of ideals that set this country into motion. We believe those ideals still exist. This man is going to be your next president to revive them. 
e pluribus unum from many one and you know how we're doing it we're doing it by speaking the truth at every step of the way there are two genders in this country period that is the truth fossil fuels are a requirement for human prosperity drill frack burn coal embrace nuclear energy reverse racism is racism an open border is not a border parents determine the education of their children the nuclear family is the greatest form of governance known to mankind capitalism lifts us up from poverty there are three branches of government in the united states not four and the u.s constitution is the strongest and greatest guarantor of freedom in human history that is the truth we fight for the truth we stand up for the truth that is what won us the american revolution that is what reunited us after the civil war that is what won us two world wars and the cold war that is what still gives hope to the free world and if we can revive that dream over group identity and victimhood and grievance then nobody in the world not a nation not a corporation not a virus not china is going to defeat us that is what american exceptionalism is all about that is what we are going to revive to yes make america great again vote for this man right here in the new hampshire primary god bless you and your families and may god bless our united states of america thank you new hampshire good to see you guys we're coming back and winning this in a landslide we will not stop until we get this job done. Thank you all. God bless you and your family. Thank you. Thank you. again and oh boy democrats aren't gonna like this one too much like share comment and hit that subscribe button if you are new and let's dive in and i want to turn to something new we're doing as part of our nbc news coverage of the 2024 election we're excited to roll, roll out this new initiative it's called the deciders what we're going to see here throughout the year is that we will have our reporting teams on the ground consistently in seven key counties talking to the people, looking at the issues that will both define this election and hopefully explain this election. I'm joined now by correspondents who are part of this initiative. Shaq Brewster is in Dane County, Wisconsin, and Marissa Parra is in Miami-Dade County, Florida. So, Shaq, you're following specifically how Democrats in Dane County, a very Democratic county, are feeling going into 2024. Why is this county so important for us trying to read the Democratic headwinds, and how are the voters there feeling as we start to turn the page into an election year? Yeah, this county is important because of a key word, and that's enthusiasm. It's important for Democrats and the Democratic Party base to be enthusiastic as they're going into an election. And here in Dane County, you have a high concentration of young voters, progressive voters, college-educated voters, voters who turn out 
in elections and have turned out here in Wisconsin. Back in 2020, you saw a 90% voter turnout in this county, and it's a place where three out of every four voters and 90% end up backing Joe Biden. So enthusiastic. 90% county where three out of four back Joe Biden. Interesting. Can we call up Scott Pressler? Where's we're, we're Scott Pressler? Hey, yo, Scott, we need you. We need you, buddy. We need you. Shout out to Scott Pressler, by the way. Uh, if you don't know, um, well, if you don't follow me on Twitter, definitely follow me on Twitter because um, I repost a lot of what Scott Pressler is doing, and he's actually he's actually doing some great work, doing some fantastic work. He's doing the Lord's work. He, he's actually going to these places and getting Republican voters registered to vote. I mean, it's a beautiful thing to see. It's a beautiful thing to see. Uh, like I said, um, Scott Prester is the name of the individual. I'm sure a lot of you already know who he is. Um, but, yeah, he's doing some fantastic work. Uh, I'm going to call up Scott Prestler and uh, say, uh, hey, we need you in uh, Dane County. <laughs> we need you in Dane County, Scott. <laughs> I mean, the guy's incredible. Salute to Scott Prestler, man. Make sure you guys go and uh, follow him as well. Enthusiasm matters, and that's why we're here to measure how folks are feeling about this election and the upcoming likely matchup. Listen, what they told me about that. Just give me the emotion yeah. that you have in looking at your choice this election. Not, not enthused. Uh, I'd say overall, I feel very pragmatic and strategic about it. All of these issues that that are popular with Democrats, he has not only not addressed, but often gone the entire opposite way on. I mean, I can look at like almost every issue in my head that's important to me, and I see a failure on Biden's part. You can say that Joe Biden's, you know, he's not as progressive as you'd like, or he's not this, he's too old. I mean, the guy is at least reasonable and has some sort of logic to what he does and understands the basics of, I guess, how to be a president in some ways. Even if I'm not enthused to like, effectively elect my grandpa a second time <laughs> boy do i want to keep the other guy out if the election were tomorrow what would you do i i don't think i'd vote for him i don't i wouldn't i still couldn't you know obviously i could not bring myself to vote for trump but it would be the first well we figured that one out <laughs> first time i think if i had to choose tomorrow it would be the first time i think i'd vote for someone else like third party so there you go uh, Young folks not very enthused to back old Joe And rightfully so Why would they be enthused to back old Joe You know, but my thing is When the guy said um, He's actually reasonable And he there's a plan I would love to sit down with that guy And ask him, like, what do you mean by that? First off, how is he reasonable? How? Explain that one to me How is Trump unreasonable? Explain that one to me. And, of course, you know, there, there'd be some back and forth. But, um, yeah, that, that statement was just absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. Joe Biden is reasonable? Trying to throw your political, leading political opponent in jail is reasonable? That's, that's Putin-like. You got, that, that's, that's exactly what that is. That's, that's dictator's stuff right there. You know, exactly what they accused Trump of trying to be? You know, the whole thing that Democrats do, they accuse Trump of being or doing exactly what they are or are doing. Classic example. There's another one for you right there. Interesting how that works. Party. 
Now, the Biden campaign is almost saying, wait, 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 it is early. There's still a lot of time before the election. They also say that they are focused on many voter groups that they know they have to win them over and that they're already making investments specifically toward young voters. But that's just an example of why we're focusing on a county like Dane County, because we can measure and track how those voter sentiments are changing as we get closer to Election Day, Garrett. Great stuff, Shaq. And I'm just glad we sent you to the coldest county so we can keep up our tradition of Shaq Brewster and miserably cold I find places. my way inside. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Shaq Brewster, thank you for that reporting inside today. Uh, Marissa, you got the other end of that coin. You're in the always relevant Miami-Dade County down in Florida, home state of not one but two Republican presidential candidates. What are we watching for in that county headed into next year? Yeah, there's a lot of reasons why Miami-Dade is an interesting place, an interesting county to watch for 2024, and not just because of the Hispanic population, one that is diverse at that, but also because everyone's question is whether or not the 2022 midterm results were a fluke or a sign of what's to come. I want to show you the voting trends, those numbers from 2012 to 2022, because you can see the Democratic erosion in those numbers. Uh, what you see is a boost of support for former President Trump after he got elected and that is significant between 2016 and 2020 wow that's an incredible swing right there that's uh what 22 22 point swing now granted trump still lost but that's a 22 point swing that's a ginormous swing right there and then um obviously the 22 with desantis that's uh what 18 so 22 18 and now republicans are in the lead I like it. I like it a lot. Yes, sir. 16 to 2020. And then you can see uh, former uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis winning with over 55 percentage points. In large part, both of those gains because of Hispanic support. And these are gains, by the way, that the Republican Party has not seen in decades, since 2002 with Florida Governor Bush. So um, among the many things that we're keeping an eye on here, the many, uh, we're keeping an eye on the population changes we're talking about we know the hispanic population here roughly 70 percent identifies as hispanic or latino here but half of that population is cuban there's a whole other half there that often gets neglected often not always and what we're looking at is how effective it is when campaigns do reach out to the venezuelans to the colombians chileans we're also looking at the young population we've already heard from venezuelans we heard from them uh, with um, Ami Horowitz's uh, video. Shout out to Ami. Uh, and, and they said Americans who basically vote for Democrats are idiots. <laughs> they're fools because they're leading them down the same path that Venezuelans went down. So, yeah, Venezuelans ain't going for it. Mm -mm. Nice try, though. This is the, one of the fastest growing ethnic voting groups in the country, right up there with Asian Americans, Garrett. And so we're looking at young Latinos as they turn 18. How are they going to vote? Are they going to trend progressive as is projected? And so we know that these are, are places. Miami-Dade is a place that many campaigns have spent a lot of time in, Garrett, in very different ways, both in English and Spanish, billboards, radio, TV. We're looking at how they're targeting their target audience, which part of the Hispanic population they're targeting and how effective that is over this next year. Marissa, it's going to be fascinating to watch. Marissa, Shaq, thank you both. And we're going to be following these reporting, uh, these key counties throughout the 2024 election year under the decider's banner. Keep an eye out for that.
Thanks for watching. So yeah, Joe Biden is in serious trouble. Young voters, uh, at least based on the polls, and you heard it a little bit here, aren't enthusiastic, and I don't think will show up for Joe. As a matter of fact, Trump is actually leading in the polls with young voters, which is crazy as well. You don't normally see that. Typically, when people are young, you know, if you're not a Democrat, you're not compassionate, and you're supposed to be nice, and Democrats aren't nice, so you have to be a Democrat when you're young, and, you know, as you get older, you, you, you turn Republican. So to see young folks saying, no, I'm not voting for Joe, I'm voting for Trump, that's, I, I, that's huge. That's huge. And, and, and I think you see that in Democrats' desperation. When you have um, mainstream media hosts saying uh, it's not alarming in a democracy when someone gets taken off the ballot, right? What? I believe it was Rachel Maddow that said that. Like it's not it's not alarming in a democracy to take someone off the ballot. What? Huh? When when you have Democrats saying stuff like that, you know they're panicking. You know they're panicking. They're just making up stuff. What? That that doesn't even make sense. In a democracy, the people decide. The people get to decide. I don't know, man. That's just crazy absolutely insane to me but uh what what is also insane is that young voters are saying no to joe biden and yes to uncle trump the don that's incredible joe's in trouble and i can't wait until next election it's gonna be fun like share comment hit that subscribe button before you go peace and love i'm out Senator Rand Paul teased us with his endorsement for 2024, and so far, he says, it's anyone but Nikki Haley. I've had a long relationship with Donald Trump, and there's a lot to like there. I'm also a big fan of a lot of the fiscal conservatism of Ron DeSantis. I think Vivek Ramaswamy has been an important voice. Also have listened to and met with the independent Bobby Kennedy. I'm not yet ready to make a decision but I am ready to make a decision on someone who I cannot support. So I'm announcing this morning that I'm Never Nikki. And if you go to nevernikki.net, you can let her know that you're not a supporter either. I don't think any informed or knowledgeable libertarian or conservative should support Nikki Haley. I've seen her attitude towards our our interventions overseas. I've seen her involvement in the military industrial complex, $8 million being paid to become part of the team. But I've also seen her indicate that she thinks you should be registered to use the Internet, that people posting ideas anonymously. I think she fails to understand that our republic was founded upon people like Ben Franklin, Sam Adams, Madison, John Jay, and others who posted routinely for fear of the government. They posted routinely anonymously. And I think her failure to really understand that or to think that you should register through the government somehow for the Internet is something that should disqualify her in the minds of all libertarian-leaning libertarian conservatives. So I'm announcing today I'm never Nikki. You can go. Never Nikki. I don't know. Maybe you can call us that too, Jessica. We've been very critical of her candidacy on this show and for good reason. As he mentions, the fact that she wants to get rid of anonymous social media users 
One of the arguments against that he, that he didn't mention in regards to the Founding Fathers, yes, they were scared of government, but one of the other reasons that they decided to post anonymously, gosh, I say posts like they were writing blog posts or tweets, but um, one of the reasons they decided to author um, the Federalist Papers anonymously is that they wanted the strength of the arguments to stand on their own rather than being attached to an individual, um, which I think is one of the benefits that we have with the, with the Internet. Um, sure, it breeds all kinds of bad ideas, sometimes even extremism, but the beauty of it is that you are able to get access to ideas that maybe you would have not been able to otherwise or ideas that might be reflexively rejected by the establishment or by the regime because they come from the wrong people. So there's tons of benefits to posting anonymously. And the fact that Nikki Haley even floated that idea throughout her campaign is very disturbing. She has since, by the way, insulted Iowa voters on separate occasions. Um, the first moment she claimed that New Hampshire is there to correct the vote that happens at the Iowa caucus. And then in trying to clean up those remarks, said that she has to change personalities when going from Iowa to New Hampshire to South Carolina. So she's a very inauthentic individual. She's a neoconservative, which Republicans uh, are, are massively rejecting since the rise of Donald Trump. And uh, Rand Paul is obviously a, a libertarian-leaning uh, conservative. And so it makes sense that he would come out against Nikki Haley. If anything, I'm surprised that he didn't do it sooner. Yeah, Nikki Haley's a scary phenomena for someone like me because we see neoliberals increasingly aligning themselves with Nikki Haley. Recently, we had some top Democratic strategists suggesting that if, if you are Democrat-leaning or kind of independent, you could actually vote in the Republican primary for Nikki Haley so we get her over Donald Trump. I don't know why there's this assumption that Nikki Haley isn't dangerous. Nikki Haley was on the board of Boeing. Nikki Haley was a part of an effort to make it so that Boeing didn't have to disclose all of its contributions. She's taken lobbying money from the military-industrial complex. She's a part of the revolving door of the military-industrial complex, having served on the board of Boeing. She is one of the people that profits when the United States decides to intervene abroad. That's a very scary prospect that someone like that is now seeking the highest office in the country. And maybe it's some kind of strange sexism that because she is a woman and because she seems smart, that she is somehow safe, that she is somehow not capable of very terrible things. But people who have done very terrible things and led countries into war, that wars that were very irresponsible, wars that the United States had no business starting, they were also people who are very charming and seemingly smart. I just don't think Nikki Haley will be good for the country, given the times we're in. We have a lot of volatile situations all over the globe right now. The last thing we need is someone from the Dick Cheney, John McCain wing of the Republican Party, someone who will surely respond with aggression to threats. Yeah, and unfortunately, I think the establishment doesn't view her as dangerous because they're not the ones who are going to have to go off and fight these wars. They're not the people who are going to face the consequences. It's working-class Americans um, and, and individuals who have a, a great love for this country and join the military for, patriot, for patriotism reasons. Um, it, she's not dangerous to them as well because she has the potential to bring them a lot of profit. A lot of these big mega donors are, of course, heavily invested in the military-industrial complex. And I find it pretty fascinating that the reason Nikki Haley says she resigned from Boeing's board was because she objected to them accepting a coronavirus bailout package, 
when Boeing is basically propped up by government funding as it is. So what was the difference between them getting this coronavirus bailout versus just the normal order of business? Yeah, I think when you have someone like Rand Paul creating an entire website for Never Nikki, and then almost suggesting that he would go for someone like R.F. Kennedy Jr., if Nikki Haley is ultimately the nominee, you know that the Republican Party is no longer representing the majority when you have the establishment candidates being rejected by some of the prominent members and them suggesting leaving the party if she is the nominee. And this kind of divide, I think, in the Republican Party among the more populist faction and the more establishment faction is very similar to the divides we have in the Democratic Party across you know, the populist faction and the more establishment faction. And so it's, it's a little bit scary when you have, you know, this kind of very important election coming up. Someone like Joe Biden could be running against Donald Trump with RFK Jr. and then another, you know, alternative fourth party candidate. But the people really running the system, the establishment, uh, who's very responsible for the primaries, making sure their candidates get in there. What's our election infrastructure going to be after this election? Are we going to have four viable parties representing the new division across the two major parties? Uh, will we have three parties and just have a, a whole swath of voters unrepresented, unrepresented in the past? I don't know how developing Nikki, uh, NeverNikki.net will influence the, the election space. I just think it's a reflection of how we have the divisions existing among the voting population already. I don't think Rand Paul is going to change anything, but I think he's re representing something that already exists among voters. Yeah, I think that's right. There's a perception that it's not about Republican versus Democrat, but about populist or new right and new left against what's been called the uniparty. Um, and uh, to your point about how the election might go with these third-party or fourth-party candidates, I think already we're sort of seeing on, on both sides, perhaps, the shutting out of their candidacies. You often don't even see RFK Jr., for example, represented in polls. Of course, Joe Biden has refused to debate any of his Democratic challengers. Um, Trump has decided to just punt on debating in the GOP primary. Um, of course, uh, he is polling ahead of the competition by something like 30 to 40 percentage points. But, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see if Nikki Haley is able to take all of this donor money and overperform. But thus far, the polls that I've seen in New Hampshire suggest that her momentum is sort of tapering off. And unless she pulls out an upset in both Iowa and New Hampshire, I think South Carolina is going to be the death of her campaign. We'll be back with more Rising after this. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.